0: It's fall. Not the fall of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for September 27, Tuesday, 2016. It's autumn, Ian. Are you excited for the leaves falling? I mean, if we weren't in the middle of this heat wave, and <laughs> if there were
1: actually trees where leaves fell in San Diego, yeah, I'd be thrilled.
0: That's Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Contry. We're here for probably two hours of retro gaming and modern gaming and YouTube pewdiepie fun on this afternoon afternoon or evening, whenever you're listening to this. So coming up on the show, we're talking about this week, YouTube gaming show coming out. Digital Homicide going after all the people who gave bad reviews on Steam over their crappy games. Palmer Lucky in trouble uh, politically, the guy uh, in charge of Oculus. Uh, Shadowhawk Super Nintendo ROM released. YouTube Heroes, a lot more, your Q&A. First, we got some sponsors. First off, I'm going to tell you about something called Loot Crate, Ian. You've gotten Loot Crate before. You've seen Loot Crate. Vani's got Loot Crate. I've got Loot Crate for like a year and a half now, right? <laughs> yep. You know, Loot Crate, you get collectibles, apparel, and more from your favorite pop culture franchises delivered right to your door every single month. We're talking a new t-shirt in every crate. Not this t-shirt, but a new t-shirt. Figures, comics, usually you get a pop figure in there, stuff for, for your kitchen even wide a variety of exclusive items you can you can't get anywhere else Harry Potter Marvel stuff Star Wars stuff Video game stuff. Stuff from Fallout Four and much more. And it's all for less than twenty bucks a month. Cool
1: pins and stickers. Sometimes like lug- luggage tags and like you get like weird out there P- stuff. Pikachu hats.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Frank loved his reversible uh Punisher Daredevil knit cap, even though you can't really wear it out in San Diego. I mean there's some <laughs> there's some cool stuff in there. Yes. Socks sometimes. And they also have uh the bigger loot with loot crate DX, not not Degeneration X, but the DX is like the bigger monster size one. There's also loot wear uh, which is an animal, which I actually got last month. and had a cool Archer shirt on. It had Harley Quinn socks, which I probably shouldn't wear. And i had a few other goodies in there, too. Um, so if you want to get your uh, your loot on, you're going to go to lootcrate.com. Uh, lootcrate.com slash PAT, enter code PAT, to save 10% off any new subscription. And the more you buy in, you know, it, the price goes down per month. If you get a year, it's less than getting a six-month versus a three-month versus a one-month. Um And so that's what's Loot Crate. Proud sponsor of the CU podcast. And we have another sponsor, Ian.
1: We're also brought to you by ArcadeWorks, the maker of the Omega Entertainment Machine. Hands down, the best way to play Neo Geo arcade games from the comfort of your own couch. Sporting a design inspired by the legendary home system, the Omega utilizes the low-cost MVS format to finally put Neo Geo Gaming within financial reach. Each Omega ships with the latest Unibios and the optional virtual memory card upgrade lets players save their progress and high scores, so get yours today at ArcadeWorks.net. Use coupon code Omega now for ten dollars off the purchase of an Omega entertainment
0: machine. It lets players do stuff. But speaking of let's play, Ian, that's a segue. We have a yeah,
1: that's a good we segue. Have a, we
0: have a show on the way, Ian. You you want to talk about your experience shooting? I mean, we've done let's plays in terms of the uh, the marathon before, which is technically a let's play, a giant let's play. That's yes, a massive, a one. giant, massive, unorganized, uh, sleep deprived rageful let's play, but we recorded uh, a session we're, we're, we're figuring out the kinks and it yeah. works. And so what did you think of your first session? I know you were feeling a little under the weather, but you still did. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, my back and neck were in extreme pain, but we played You're through, back. uh, we played a Fair few enough. games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could finish that line. <laughs> um, we played a few games and, uh, we'll, we'll just let them roll out and you can see what they are, but it, it was fun. Um, I'm nervous. I'm not a very good game player. And, uh, you know, you want it to be entertaining, but it it was a lot of fun. It was fun to actually make pets sit down and play games. Um, but
0: yeah. <laughs> actually, play some of these games that I have, uh, yeah. Playing around, or at least on a version of it. Yeah. So
1: I I, I think it'll get more. Uh, it'll get even more entertaining as time goes on, and it'll we get more gooder. We we get more gooder. Uh, we settle into a rhythm and things like that. But uh, you know, it was actually
0: it was actually fun. It was fun. So we'll, we'll do it a couple times a month. We'll sit down. We'll have some maybe biscuits and tea while we do a let's play. <laughs> Again, be gentle, we're we're figuring it out We're probably going to put out, I want to say At least three uh, videos a week With that, we'll see how it goes So it'll be hopefully content where you see the podcast Most days, and you'll see You know, the Let's Play show We'll start, you know, maybe half the days of the week But we'll build out, we'll see how much we can go into it And see if if people like it, obviously We'll see see what happens there Um, So, we're going to be at conventions and stuff At least I'm going to be at conventions He's going to be relaxing his October but I'll be at conventions. I'll be at Portland. You're going to be at one convention. That's right. So uh, I'm going to be at Retropalooza, Arlington, Texas, October 1st and 2nd. Retro World, the 15th and 16th. And that's in Connecticut. I can never spell that. It's like Connie cut. Connecticut. Connecticut. There's an extra syllable in there. And Portland Retro Gaming Expo, October 21st through 23rd. That extra day is going to be Arcade gay, uh, Day. Did I say Arcade Gay by accident? You might have. I'm gay for arcade, so I mean... Throw me free play arcade. I'm gay for it. Oh, so let's start, Ian. hmm With a new YouTube gaming show. You've heard of YouTube gaming, haven't you? I,
1: hold on. I wanted to say something very important to everyone. Oh. I finally watched Big Trouble in Little China last night. Holy shit, Ian. Ian, did you review DuckTales Remastered too? Oh, we already did that. Oh, you did oh you did. We okay. did that. On the podcast.
0: Oh, we did? I'm just sorry, because it was so far in between when you said you were going to do it and when you did it, <laughs> yeah. like two years. So,
1: But, uh, yeah, I finally watched that last night with Bonnie. Big and- Trouble, it's only been less than a year, like ten months, but you've done it? No, no, that was. it's been probably, like, closer to two years. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> All right, so like what
0: did Ian think of Big Trouble in Little China? It was very good. Very good. Yep jack burton awesome character
1: very awesome character uh, lots of fun it was kind of like goonies for adults it felt like at certain points uh goonies for adults well there was a lot of like climbing what? around in like weird areas and stuff there was a <laughs> lot there was a lot of neat sets there was a lot of it neat a set pieces film. What are you yeah talking but about? there were neat sets and it, it at points it, it was just a it
0: was a good adventure flick with with martial arts it was fun I liked it. Loved Two gr- it. Two girls with green eyes? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. actor's great. He's, he's been in everything, that Asian mm-hmm. actor.
1: But, uh, yeah, no, it was a fantastic movie. I finally watched it. Everyone can get off my ass. All right, so back into... Uh, we're going to talk oh. about Jeff Keighley. Uh-huh. And uh, YouTube Gaming stars uh, to do a, a weekly live talk show um, to celebrate the culture of video games. It's going to be called Live with YouTube Gaming. It's going to premiere September 29th. Woo! On Man. YouTube Gaming. If you didn't know what YouTube, YouTube Gaming
0: was, a lot of you don't because there's really been no um, publicity about YouTube Gaming too much. And it hasn't really taken up. But YouTube Gaming has been around for about a year now. A little over a year. Yeah, They have their own streaming service to try to compete with Twitch. They have their own interface. If you go on, like, YouTube.com slash gaming, uh, you can basically look up games and find videos related to those games that are associated with it. You can you can basically watch all YouTube videos, or at least the gaming ones, in the gaming like site, which is the same thing, except there's no comments. So basically, it's I hate to say it so far. YouTube, don't ban my channel. It's been a failed experiment. In YouTube gaming. Yes, because it hasn't put even a slight scratch in the hide of Twitch. Uh, so this show's coming out. Good old Jeff Keeley, uh, who's hosted and he produces the Game Awards show in the past, and he's been in other stuff. You know, he's he's been on various websites the past ten years. He's been he's been around. He's he's been in trouble for. Doritos and Mountain Dew sponsorship he, that, stuff. That, that, that classic picture of him looking dead inside
1: surrounded by Mountain Dew and Doritos. But from what I understand, he's a good dude. And, sure. Uh, he, I mean, fairly well-respected game awards and all that. But this, to me, seems kind of like a, a really grasping at straws idea to make uh, YouTube gaming relevant. So, so what Make is YouTube
0: sh- gaming great again. Yeah.
1: So what is this?
0: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no, it's never been great.
1: Um, so w- what, what is this show going to be? It's gonna be about video games, but also it's gonna be about making videos about games. It's gonna uh, huh? it's gonna feature lot. Li- it's gonna be live, and it's gonna feature um, guests such as uh, Matt Pat, I has Cupcake, uh, I just Cupquake, uh, Quake. I has Cupquake, uh, Angry Joe, uh, Unbox Therapy. I don't, I don't know. What to I will that. look up Unbox Therapy as you as you speak. Um, and uh, it's gonna do things like live Let's Plays. Which seems odd to me. There's going to which be which is
0: what Twitch is for anyone. Yeah. You
1: know? uh, there's going to be um, uh, video game themed musical
0: performances. I just exclusive first looks at upcoming video games. That could be interesting. You that, could get that some, could be you know because on the on Jeff Keeley's uh, video game awards show sometimes they get the first right. looks. So you can get some tasty tidbits that way. Tasty tidbits. Double T. T-, T- <laughs> Alliteration is is good. It's everyone's friend. Updates on the world of esports. Okay. S- so, sneak previews of upcoming creator content. I guess the people are going to be on the show. Matt Pat can say, hey, I got a new game theory coming out. This is what's in the work. They'll show a snippet, maybe. It's advertising for them. It gives people a reason to watch this show. It's definitely trying to be a Tonight Show of YouTube creators and stuff like that. I'm sorry. I just clicked on un- unboxing from Unbox Therapy by accident. Just get a feel for it. Go on.
1: No, so that's all I'm trying to say. It's it's it's, it's trying to be a Tonight Show of... of of YouTube stars and and you know, let's play and, and streaming and things like that. But, I just I, I don't know I feel like it's it's too late for this sort of thing. They're they're trying to do something different with the YouTube gaming channel, which was as you said, originally supposed to be a Twitch thing. Now they're gonna try to do some some original programming and I still think a year in they're very confused as to what they want to do with this and they're trying to save it.
0: So it's obvious from this, uh, I'm not trying to start drama with anyone, but is there any reason why you would need live to see some of these people on this show? Like, what are they going to offer live every week to talk about?
1: Well, yeah, I guess that's kind of my thing, too. All of these people have because followings. They have
0: giant YouTube uh, followings. But that's all, that's what they have in common, that they're going to be recruited for the show.
1: Right. And if they have giant YouTube followings, you can get your fill of them on their YouTube channels. channels
0: so is there a reason why every week or every other week we need to talk to someone who unboxes stuff and microwaves I guess a notebook pc on one of his videos is he gonna why be able to offer much that you can't either get on his channel already or what why would I tune in to watch that right so are you trying to attract new people to watch the show or people that are already on the, the channel I guess both but I don't see why I would watch some of these people uh, when I just watch, like you said, on the channel. It seems kind of redundant. They might not be good live. They may not have anything, anything to offer outside of their videos are doing already. Do I need a sneak preview of some of these people, people's videos? Yeah, that might be cool, but they're going to have one every week to show. Here's the other interesting thing, just in terms of relationships. I'm, I'm guessing Jeff Keighley made up with Angry Joe since they had their little spat. A few years ago Where Joe tried to call him out After the award show you Remember that? Uh, uh, yeah vaguely Yeah
1: Forgot about that Joe had
0: his raging You know raging 20 minute video About Jeff Keeley.
1: Rage
0: And uh But uh, They made up Because you know Business conquers Personal feelings At least it should in theory So what, What's What's strange about this Is that this is a bygone Sort of format Because mm-hmm. even when you look At stuff like The Jimmy Fallon show uh, and, and Jimmy Kimmel's show. The only reason they remain relevant today is because they put out videos on YouTube that go viral. Right. Whether it's doing um, on Jimmy Fallon's show with The Roots, where they do like all this, uh, the modern songs, but they do like the children's instruments mm-hmm. and they get like 10 to 20 million views, or the Matt Damon versus uh, Jimmy Kimmel's f- uh, fake feud videos. Spoilers, you know, uh, those do huge on the internet. But I don't know if that translates into people watching. The hour-long show every night. The same way, I don't know if people enjoying uh, Matt Pat on his YouTube channel is going to translate into people watching this new formatted show every week. Right. And does it make a difference if it's live? If YouTube is about watching videos whenever you want, not being set on a schedule. So why even do it live? Well, that's I think one of the you things know?
1: people love the most about YouTube is there's no schedule. That's why I think TV is dying. You know, even with DVR. You no longer have to tune in to watch at a certain time.
0: So we're going to have to check this out. I'm, I'm going to check this out. Uh, the premiere episode will feature an exclusive new look at the Titanfall 2 single-player campaign. Uh, okay. That's, that's pretty cool. I'm guessing they're going to be banking on that, like Battlefield coming out and having maybe exclusive first looks or right. demos there. But the idea... I was going to say this. The, the idea of me tuning into a weekly show... Uh, to get news that won't be exclusive, won't be won't be breaking on a live show, that unless it's breaking right then, so that's not going. Or they happen. get
1: the exclusive to break yeah. it. They get the
0: exclusive to break it. Which, but though, why would they do that? Like, what would be in it for that company? Sure. Where they just put it out on their own and it'll, it'll get picked up by everyone everywhere else. So, um, are you familiar with I Justine's work at all? No. Are you familiar with the Unbox Therapy stuff? No. Uh, Nade shot. No. I'm not saying this is these are bad people. I just don't not familiar. No,
1: they're names that I've
0: heard, but uh, dude, you know I'm not familiar with anything YouTube. I has cupcake, cupquake. I I want an I has cupcake channel. I, w- <laughs> I made cupcakes the past weekend. Any final thoughts on this, Mr. Keeley? I wish you well. I'm sure there's going to be a nice payout from Google for you guys doing this show. Obviously, it's going to probably be produced extremely well, but whether or not it's going to remain re- remain relevant or be interesting and catch on with all these uh, various channels followers, that remains to be seen. Okay, Ian. So we talked about. Digital homicide going after uh, Jim Sterling. Uh, Jim Sterling, <clears throat> reviewer and game critic, uh, and I think that that lawsuit is still underway, saying he slandered them and their game because their games were just you know garbage, garbage. And uh, what was?
1: Uh, there was a really funny thing that they uh, they they listed in their lawsuit, but I can't remember. Uh, com- he compared them to some bumbling idiots. Anyways, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, they, they were back in the news about a week ago um, because uh, they were trying to sue 100 users of the Steam platform for $18 million. $18 million for the crime of leaving bad reviews on their game, citing uh, cyberbullying, uh- <laughs> And and stalking and harassment because no one liked their games. Now their games have gotten incredibly poor reviews. Uh, they're basically a, a game mill. They just churn games out. They generally make Try the pace assets. They they basically right. use just pre-purchased assets from the uh, the uh, I think it's the Unity store, um, which is you know a game creation engine, um, and you know basically put no effort into them. Uh, and steam banned their asses and removed all of their games from the store for uh filing this absolutely insane lawsuit um and uh supposedly they were trying to um subpo- subpoena subpoena um all of these uh, these these uh, 100 um, customers. but well they,
0: it, well, they want a subpoena of their real names. So yeah. They're basically demanding Steam hand over their real, real names, names that are linked to their accounts. And, and Steam would be like, what, what, why would we do that for? Why yeah. should we have to comply with that? <laughs> yeah, right. You know? And
1: some of the articles have, I think, erroneously stated that they, they did get that, but they didn't.
0: Uh, Good on Steam the, for and Valve for realizing why the fuck would we do that?
1: But I, I don't know. It's... Um, it's absolutely ludicrous to think that just because you made a bunch of shitty games that you, you could take and, and people left had the gall to leave the bad reviews that you could, um,
0: I don't know, take, <laughs> take legal recourse against that. All right, well, let's, let's back up a second. So, so what originally happened is they've released dozens of games. Um, Valve removed their digital distribution rights last week uh the the boss of the company James Redmond was actually granted a subpoena by an Arizona court allowing him to demand the demand the release of identification associated data of anonymous steam users i'm using Valve's going to fight this tooth and nail because this is it's it's ridiculous so now i got to go on steam and be fearful if i leave a bad review that someone's going to come after me it's an awful precedent is black and decker going to come after me because i left a bad review of their you know 10 dollar uh blender i bought 10 years ago on amazon like that's insane but, you know, can a restaurant come in at you because you leave a bad Yelp review? You know, this, it's a really bad door that's going to So open.
1: here's the correction, though, from 919. The documents cited in an earlier version of this article contain the erroneous assumption that the subpoena was granted. Okay. The documents do not bear a judge's signature. They are proposed texts, which are often submitted by a party seeking a subpoena for a judge to sign. Okay, so the judge can just say, fuck this. This subpoena has not been granted,
0: merely proposed. Okay, I don't see a judge granting that. No. I think a judge is going to be like, get the hell out <laughs> of here. Get the fuck out. Yeah. So this is obviously going to backfire because now they if they lost their digital distribution rights, I don't see where Digital Homicide can sell their games. These aren't going to be in uh, in Target or Walmart in a big box uh, you know, platform, right, or... And I don't think any other digital
1: distribution
0: site is going oh, to... Oh, I don't think they want to race touch. yeah. <laughs> I don't think the games are that highly regarded that, oh, yeah, sell them here, you know. Or, <laughs> right, right, Good exactly. old games isn't going to pick them up anytime soon, you know. Come uh,
1: and get the classic digital homicide yeah. back.
0: <laughs> yeah. oh, There's the seven best games, you know, available <laughs> for five bucks. <laughs> and then there's examples, uh, citing examples of abuse they received. But, it's again, it's people just posting, yeah, this game sucks, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Romine said that Valve... accusing Valve of Failing to provide a safe environment by not dealing with a high volume of, of abusive comments from Steam users and showing, in quotes, a reckless disregard for the well-being of their community for profits. So he's trying to come out on the defense of the actual users of the community, saying... By you allowing bad comments about our games, it's, it's bad for the community that's commenting. Really bizarre. Yeah, absolutely bizarre. He said that... Uh we submitted numerous reports and sent multiple emails in regards to individuals making personal tax harassment, and more on not only us but on other Steam customers who are actually interested in our products. Yeah, because a Steam user is going to go after other Steam users that are interested in your shitty games. That's going to happen. Does this mean I can sue YouTube for all the negative comments
1: you going to left
0: about me? Hey, get a, any law, get any lawyer conf- you can find to submit a uh, you know a request for a subpoena. Yeah, the lawsuit that was uh, also was submitted in regards to a handful of Steam users has been labeled by the media. And now by Doug Lombardi's statement as being hostile to Steam users in general, which is incorrect. This is insane. The lawsuit recently filed is solely in regards to individuals where no resolution was able to be obtained from Steam to provide a a safe environment for us to conduct business. Oh, my God. This is just insanity. Yeah. Absolute insanity. And then, yeah, uh, uh, Valve's marketing VP, Doug Lombardi, just said, yeah, uh, Valve has stopped doing business with, with Digital Homicide for being hostile to Steam customers. It's not good business for a random-ass little company to attack <laughs> attack people buying their games or customers. You know, it's just bad. Whew, okay, and then uh, Digital Homicide has a GoFundMe account for the lawsuit, Oh, good. and they've made 425 bucks of their $75,000 goal. Is that uh, real? <laughs> well, i got to read this GoFundMe. That's ca- i got to okay. read this. All Holy right. shit. Okay, let's, re- let's read through this. All right. Let's read through this. This can't be real. All right, so where did where, where, you find that? In the bottom at, of the article. Uh, the Online defamation lawsuit. And the picture on GoFundMe is printed, I guess, you know, re- lawsuit filing requests. Uh, in search of legal counsel in regards to a new lawsuit uh, as, def- as defamation has finally run its full course. Please contact support at digitalhomicide.ninja. By the way, that was raised by 11 people in six months. Hello, I'm unfortunately here asking for help as I've taken massive losses from false statements said about me, my brother slash business partner and my small game development company. The damages on products alone from a single series of events spanning only a few days are very large, including emotional and punitive (laughs) damage requests. The case has been handled by myself without a lawyer at this point, but I already have a lawyer ready to take the case. Due to the damages done, we do not have the funds to push forward with retaining that lawyer's assistance. I've been falsely accused of theft, impersonation, I've been impersonated, and my name has been dragged through the mud not only by the individual being sued, meaning Jim Sterling, but by some of the over 300,000 of his subscribers. So basically, he's asking for money to sue people for defamation, for for libel and slander, for having a shitty game. We
1: recently received a pile of feces in the mail. And someone contacted the Jehovah's Witness website to have them pay us a visit. I should sue someone because they come here every other uh, month. This is funny that some of these individuals involved, (laughs) nobody on this end thought it was funny when attributed to the damage and harassment being performed. Fortunately, this is probably not the end of the problems, but only the beginning. It will all be addressed with the hard work and effort.
0: I'm not saying people should go after you because you want to follow these lawsuits, but people are going to go after you because you're trying trying to go after Steam users. It's not going to get any better for you, unfortunately. This is a bad decision. Talk about awful PR. We're not talking about that retro store, Madison. This is is abysmal (laughs) PR.
1: Oh, my God. I cannot guarantee this case will reach a verdict. So give (laughs) us your money because we just want money no matter how we get it. They didn't say that, did they? No. Oh, well, quiet. no. It does say at the bottom. It does say at the bottom. Uh, we cannot guarantee this case will reach a verdict.
0: Okay, but well, then you're adding. Oh yeah, I'm, you, I'm, don't I'm, I'm, you don't. You don't be added to the
1: subpoena list. No, no, I don't. You're right. You don't. Have to... I think we're both added to the subpoena list. <laughs> so there we go. Oh God.
0: Speaking of other people who have dug themselves into a hole, Palmer Lucky. Who, the man, the myth, the legend, who brought Oculus into the, and VR into the forefront, the mainstream, and skipping on the cover of Time magazine. Oh yes, yeah, so he'll be known throughout history for his little dinosaur, or whatever beach thing, became a meme. He's only twenty-four, so young prodigy genius. So he started working on this VR stuff what, like four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, there's there's been alleged alleged that the technology drifted. We'll just say before it came to Oculus. I don't know the, the fine details, but there's going to be lawsuits filed at some point. So, Palmer Lucky, what happened was obviously uh, Oculus got sold to Google for... Bi- Facebook. Oh, excuse me, Facebook. Got sold for, what, a couple billion, was it? Three? Yeah. Insane amount of money. But it's it's good technology, obviously, and VR, is their hope is going to take off. And as I, I've surmised and 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 guessed, uh, I think VR is going to be even bigger outside of games. I think it's going to be good with games, but outside of it, I think it's going to be big. Why else would someone like Facebook get into it? Right, VR talking to people, VR uh, Thanksgiving dinners with your family across the world, and you know, when I talk about VR porn, but I'm sure Facebook will stay away from that. But that's going to be a big market too. He's so he's so a 24 year old founder of Oculus, and it was revealed over the the weekend of the 20, it was around the 24th or so, that he gave mon- money or was funding a pro Donald Trump meme group. That was dedicated to creating memes and posting them and putting together viral stunts to, in order to go after Hillary Clinton.
1: And they had, the biggest thing they had done was they had pulled off a billboard uh, that had uh, a big, like inflated head of Hillary that said, "Too big to jail."
0: And, and that was <clears> done <throat> was that be done in the city where the first debate was taking place? I forget. Uh, I,
1: I don't remember what city it was, but so,
0: yes. th- so this group's called Nimble America," which is a 501 C4, and it gets a weird other story. And
1: then there was a yes, and and then there was a character in the uh, Reddit group um, uh, for I believe it was called uh, Nimble Richmond. Nimble Rich That was the name of the character, um, and it was said that it was him behind it. And then the stories switched a bunch of times, saying whether that he was
0: posting under that handle or
1: writing the things that were posted under that handle, et
0: cetera, et cetera. So what happened was he 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 gave this information to I think it was a Daily Beast to the reporter on the phone saying, yeah, that was me, I did that stuff, not thinking something would blow up, maybe, I don't know. And it blew up at that point. So, a lot of things <laughs> happened over the weekend because of this. Um, there was an apology we will get into from Palmer Lucky, While you had various VR game companies saying, we're not going to be doing anything on with the Rift, with Oculus, if Palmer Lucky is still employed by Facebook. Remember, he's a Facebook employee. Right you know he's a he's a big muckety muck basically they like. want him to step down from his position so th- this is uh this is his apology after this came out and we'll get into where, where for me it's a little bit muddled muddle about what he actually did versus okay but this is what he said uh and this was like trending number 1 on Tw- twitter this was huge news oh, yeah. he gave to this pro Donald Trump meme group he said i'm deeply sorry for my actions and this is on facebook i'm deeply sorry for my actions that are negatively impacting the perception of Oculus and its partners. The recent news stories about me do not accurately represent my views. Here's more background. I contributed $10,000 to Nimble America because I thought the organization had fresh ideas on how to communicate with young voters through the use of several billboards. I'm a libertarian who has publicly supported Ron Paul and Gary Johnson in the past, and I plan on voting for Gary in this election as well. I'm committed to the principles of fair play and equal treatment. I did not write the nimble rich man reddit post I added the reddit part, nor did I delete the account reports that I am a founder or employee of Nimble America are false I don't have any plans to donate beyond what I've already given to Nimble America, still my actions were my own and do not represent Oculus I'm sorry for the impact my actions are having on the community well, okay there's two things I want to talk about here maybe three Whether it was, I'm guessing people went after him because it was a specific group this meme group and not a general Donald Trump right foundation. That's kind of my thought too. Because it seemed like this group was going be- beyond just being a pro-Trump group that they were doing some nasty stuff in terms of images created and their tactics. What I read was that even people like in Donald Trump's Reddit group uh, there's like a pro-Donald Trump, Trump yeah, no, group Yeah, no, they weren't fans of this. Aren't fans mm. of money going to this nimble America group. Right. So when you hear that, then you're really thinking, what the hell is going on? What what was Palmer thinking of doing? (sighs) Which brings me to which I brought up to you before about the first two episodes of the season of South Park, which were all about uh, trolls and who's actually a troll and what do they do, what they want to accomplish, and we'll get into minor spoiler territories. But they're probably going to work this into their episodes coming up. But basically, what's happened on South Park so far is there's this troll that's been making fun of girls in in the school and the mothers of the girls and creating awful images creating uh, meme images of like uh, uh, penises in the mom's mouths and everyone's trying to solve the thing about who did it and everyone's blaming Cartman of course mm-hmm. it's Cartman he hates he hates girls and he likes causing trouble and spoilers it hasn't been Cartman it's been well adjusted Kyle's father the lawyer <laughs> who's Going home at night, getting his bu- a glass of wine, and having a good old time at night, just ah, smiling and creating all these memes and posting on Facebook and doing all this nasty stuff, not because he's a awful individual, is what we always think trolls are, because he want he's doing it just to have fun. It's a way to blow off steam, and you know he's just a normal guy having fun. So that's why it's it's so it's just so ironic that this is coming out because this is a guy who is now like a billionaire. Yeah. Hugely inf- influential in gaming culture. He, he's almost single-handedly, he's, he might be changing gaming forever because of this VR stuff. And he's getting into this fucking bullshit meme, grief or whatever i to call it, garbage. Just to whatever. Just to do it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's not, he's not, it's, it's not for any political gain. It's not like he gave it to an actual well, Donald Trump group. There's a quote. And he says he did it because it sounded
1: like, and I quote, a jolly good time. And it makes him sound like a fucking moron. Yeah. And and that's, and I think that's where a lot of the backlash is from. Now, some of these group and some of these indie developers and, and, and without getting into politics, but some of them may just not like Donald Trump and don't want to, you know, be seen as associated with that. But I think the bigger problem is, is this looks incredibly fucking childish. Yes. It looks insanely childish, and I mean, the last thing you want to see is a important key figure in a company that you are supporting with your game development devolves to the level of children. Or well, I- well he's and only support
0: that he's only twenty four. Which you think twenty four, you're a grown man, but you're not really. When I was twenty four, holy shit, sure, I was still a but fucking you're think,
1: idiot. Yeah, well, that's what he's doing. He's yeah. thinking
0: like a fucking idiot. He's still like a sixteen year old. Yeah thinking like, oh, we're having fun, but he has a ton of money. It's so weird that, uh, you know, I'm a libertarian who has publicly supported Paul Johnson and, Paul, Ron Paul and Gary Johnson in the past, and I plan on voting for Gary Johnson. Hell, I do too. Why don't you give that money to Gary Johnson then? If you're supporting him. Why give it to a fucking meme group, which goes what you're saying, because he doesn't really care. This yeah. is a cover. He just wants to cause trouble. Hell, there's my money going towards that billboard making fun of Hillary. And it's like, Really? That's what you're spending your money on. That's what you. I mean, you you can spend your money on whatever you want, obviously. But now the backlash is coming against them. Like you said, it's. I don't think it's because it, it was a Donald Trump. if It was just some weird Donald Trump CPAC. No one would care. No one probably would have even have found out. Right. It's the fact that well, you would eventually because they you know, you know list to contrib- contributors. But the fact that this is a really weird fucking group that really has no real political aim. It's just to cause trouble. Yeah. Really. Just a. It's shit. a troll group. Mm -hmm. Funded by, at least partially by a billionaire who's 24 and doesn't know any better and is lucky that he wasn't thrown out. You know, that Facebook didn't kick him out the door. You know, So, give the money to Gary Johnson. Get him into that second and third debate because the first one was fucking awful. That's what I'm going to say to you, Palmer. You got the money. Let Gary debate. (laughs) So, we talked about this before. About there being a Shadowhawk Super Nintendo game that there was going to be, there was going to be a a reproduction uh, made of the game that ever came out. But boy, did that end when the the comic book creator sued the fuck out of them? Yeah, it was Rose trademark color, gaming, uh, for, for a trademark infringement using uh, pictures from the comic and obviously the character.
1: Well, it says that thirty six bootlegs did get out there, um, and one of them ended up getting spilled, uh, dumped. Um, but this is good news, and it's actually even. Um, better news uh, not only because it got dumped but the uh, ROM the original ROM was hacked uh, the one that was supposed to get reproduced and the one that was My rose out- color. gaming and the one that ended up finding the, you know there's 36 bootlegs out of there they changed 262 bytes um, to fix what they saw as problems in the game um, basically collision detection problems and things like that so um, <clears throat> So aside from fixing the internal header they made change to the way your character reacts when running into enemies or environmental hazards that can harm you rather than the enemy taking damage when you run into them the unhacked version the unhacked version has this awkward recoil motion that makes it incredibly hard to attack enemies, especially if there are more than one of them near you. And I think the amount of damage you take was reduced in the hack. So while that might make it a more playable game, from a preservationist standpoint, it it's not the original game. So our friend, actually Frank Cifaldi, was the one who released this, and he changed that those bites back to the original bytes he reverted it yeah he reverted it back to the original unhacked format so you have the original game now out there and preserved which is good um it's getting to the point where it's hard to find sometimes these games in their original form and for a preservationist that's actually um troubling and annoying it's um he actually brought it up. There was a conversation I saw going on on Twitter about how hard it is to find a clean copy of Oregon Trail. The majority of the ones that you can find online um, are actually played copies that have tombstones already laid down uh, around. When you die in Oregon Trail, you can leave a tombstone marker that has writing on it. Okay. And there's one that's always like, uh, here li- is, uh, it's, it's well known, it's like, here lies Jordan pepperoni and cheesy or something like that. And it's spelled wrong, but it's like in every one you download that tombstone is there. Cause that was the one that was uploaded. So, you know, this is, it, this is an important thing to not only get the ROM dumped finally, but then to have it reverted back to its natural state. So you can play the original, or if you want to play one that's a little bit more playable, you can, but you
0: actually have the game preserved now. Which is always a good goal. Yeah. Uh, lawsuit or reproduction, uh, Stuff aside, so I had a ch- I had a chance to play it, but I saw some YouTube footage that's getting out there. The first level, it's been out there it's about eleven minutes. So it's from E Studio, is a developer. I'm not overly familiar with the developer. What to look up if you want to look up what videos or what games they've done. E Studio. Well, I just sort of run through E Studio. Just E E Studio. Sure. Um copyright studio excuse me studio e it's studio e Inc okay. studio e but Shadow Hawk I had some comics of Shadow Hawk just because image was all the rage with their dark heroes and their you know metal metallic covers and stuff so this game is a 2d uh, 2d sort of beat em up platformer so you jump up you have a grappling hook that comes out of like your wrist gauntlet and you can swing up to other levels, and you punch and you kick, and there's like a throwing star. I don't remember reading my the three Shadow Hall comics I bought. There's actually not a lot on them.
1: There was a cancel two canceled games for PlayStation: Pariah and Zulu.
0: Okay, maybe they, maybe they existed before because just looking at the graphics, it's very. It's kind of it's kind of it's it, it's obviously. I haven't played RoboCop vs. Terminator in so long, but it's it's of that sort of ilk, how it looks, looks at least on paper. Right. You beat up your uh, your your thugs. One guy's a trench coat with a gun shooting at you. You have Arnold Schwarzenegger looking. blonde hair, flat-top guys who punch you. You have a kick move. Like I said, you have a grappling. It looks like an average, average game. It was based Legally. on a comic book. It probably was a very average game. <laughs> the comic book was terrible. Yeah. Uh, The comic book was... Let's make Wolverine, but put him in a metal suit. And the one thing I remember about the character, pretty sure, he wasn't like the... And he's kind of like the Punisher. It's like Punisher and Wolverine together. He would, like, paralyze some of the enemies. He wouldn't kill them. He would, like, break their backs. That was, like, his thing he'd do. Yeah, greedy, grim image! You know, fuck Image <laughs> Comics. Um, so...
1: Well, Image is fantastic these well, days. They're, they're who you want. Now to they be. are? Yeah. Okay,
0: back then they blew. Okay, all oh, they're, we're going to it out, we're going to be dark superheroes. Yeah, it really, really lasted the long run. Um, but that's what he did. So th- in this game, there's, I think, cartoon cutscenes or comic scenes. You see, uh, sort of like, I think, what um, uh, Spider Man Maxim Carnage had, those little cutscenes in between. But what's, what's interesting is that for the boss fight, it goes it goes from this 2D platformer beat 'em up into a one on one fighting mode. The yeah. Characters like a are a Mortal Kombat game almost. <laughs> Being really generous with the praise there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about power moves? Okay. No, power moves was actually a beat 'em up too. I think. Uh, anyway, so so that's what it transitions into, and it, like I said, it looks like a, a decent game. It would have sold okay for that year at most that people like Shadowhawk. I can't believe they made a Shadowhawk game. they made a, again they made a Wildcats game, which was a cartoon, which was an image comic, so really strange. But it's just it's just not a good character. I just don't enjoy it. Don't don't sue me, uh is it Jim Valentino? Yeah. Don't sue me. Uh, so but I'm glad it's out there though. Deserves to be out there. Yes. Maybe not in repro form or people are making money off the property, but get it preserved so you can enjoy this really mediocre Super Nintendo game. The end. <laughs> did, you, did you watch any of the gameplay footage and see like
1: when it got hit? Or, yeah, it, it, it didn't. Look, didn't look like something
0: I needed to spend any time Brar! playing. <laughs> JP Slaughter is the name of the first boss. Check it out. You can download the ROM. Thanks to Frank Stefalde for, for un, unhacking it, I guess, or the quick hack and getting it out there. Does that mean Frank bought a copy? Oh, oh, probably. They're not. gonna come after you. <laughs> he probably didn't buy a copy. Alright, Ian. Lots of lots of upheaval. We're the only people who didn't make a video about it. Immediately, uh, at least. Everyone else did. Uh, PewDiePie made a video about it. Uh, H3H3. Everyone making a video about YouTube Heroes, which sounds like a great new comic book, but
1: it's yeah, not. It sounds like it, and uh, you know, I'm venturing into like some unknown territory here, but I think it sounds like a pretty bad idea. Uh, basically, it's an extension of the trusted, trusted, they trusted. trusted. It's the new mustard. Uh, trusted flaggers program, um, where anyone can become a hero. Uh, you need hero. you uh, sign up for the program uh, You have to have a channel Which basically just means you have to be A, a,
0: a member You just gotta sign up with a, either a Google account or just sign up At yeah. this point I got rid of the, the Google Plus uh, requirement And uh, you can go
1: around and flag Inappropriate con, con- uh, Comments and uh, what you feel Are inappropriate videos And YouTube will check them out And uh, basically it sounds to me Like giving power over to the Asylum um, now, obviously, YouTube gets uh, final say in uh, what gets taken down and what doesn't. Um, but it's going to bring, I think, a lot more things to uh, YouTube's attention, and I think it, it, it leads to uh, the potential for a lot of abuse. Um, you know, a, a, a mob uh, sort of mentality. Uh, people that are
0: unliked could find themselves, you know, uh, flagged a lot more frequently. Or content, potentially, that maybe people have a bias against. It could be fine, but they want it because you know, they don't agree with it politically or whatever else.
1: Right. So they're going to get flagged a lot
0: more. Um,
1: I think something else that's
0: problematic
1: with the, the program is that it's basically gamified. Uh, you start off basically at a low level, and you more or less gain experience points for the more flags that you make that YouTube finds success, you know worthy Find of. Find worthy, which
0: is a key, though. Right.
1: Right. But that's still going to cause people to spend more time, you know, looking and flagging. Um, And it's going to drive people, I think, to do a lot more, which could potentially be bad. Especially if YouTube starts really does start cracking down on things like language and keeping things advertiser-friendly. Um, it depends on how sensitive YouTube gets to these sort of things. Um, I, I just, I, I see it as, as a, perhaps not as disastrous as other people see it, but not, not a particularly great step.
0: I don't see it as disastrous. I don't think the sky is falling. I don't think this is the end of YouTube. I saw a lot of videos just saying, Oh, I can't believe this is happening. But there's always been people that could massively flag videos for copyright. Or, um, for, for community strikes famously I think the Cinemaster Channel years back got taken down for a while because people were falsely flagging for copyright on multiple videos so it's not like trolls couldn't do this before they okay. could do this I've had uh, videos with community strikes I had to go back and get taken back down I had my Alicia Dragoon video taken down because of an improper thumbnail when it was a thumbnail from the video so, just because it was the woman, the dominatrix. A little alluring, you know. A little racy. But a little racy, but that's in the video. And it's fine. Right. It, was, it wasn't a false thumbnail. The whole point was the video was taken down for a bit. So, like, you can do this stuff. So, this is, to me, a way for YouTube for or Google, Google slash YouTube to say, one, we need help doing this any, anyway. We're not paying anyone to do it. We can't. So, we need help to to do this. And we need to incentivize, incentivize people to do this. Two... Maybe this gets rid of some of the false... I'm playing Big Devil's Advocate, obviously. Maybe this gets rid of false flagging problems, because they're not going to reward false flagging, right. in theory. But let's run through what this program is. Uh, YouTube Heroes is a program designed to recognize and reward the global community of volunteer contributors. The volunteers help create the best possible YouTube experience for everyone by flagging inappropriate videos. Learn more about YouTube's trusted flagger program. Adding captions and subtitles to videos—that's actually cool. That to be approved by the video creator, though, it's not like you can just add your own subtitles. Okay, that's actually pretty cool. Because not everyone has a chance to do that. And obviously, that's, that's going to happen for bigger YouTubers that have an audience worldwide that might want that anyway. Sharing their knowledge with other users on the YouTube Help Forum. Uh, Heroes also unlock exclusive rewards along the way. This is where Ian maybe doesn't like this because this gives people an opportunity to do this and cause trouble, maybe. What are some of these perks? Ian. Level 1. Join the community. Becoming heroes. 0 to 9 points. Join the community. Access the heroes dashboard. Level 2. Continue your training. 10 to 99 points. Learn at exclusive workshops. Take part in hero hangouts.
1: Yeah, there's events that you
0: can go to and things like that. Level 3. Get access to super tools. 100 to 399 points. Mass flag abusive videos. Help moderate content in the YouTube Heroes community, so moderation within the YouTube Heroes community. So mass flagging—that's a big thing. But they're not giving that to everyone from the start. You got to build up that level four. Go behind the scenes, sneak preview product launches, contact YouTube staff directly, and level five, free hand job. No, get closer <laughs> to YouTube. 1,000 plus points. Test products before release. Apply for the Heroes Summit, which I guess they'll probably fly fucking out somewhere for doing. Uh, Google's dirty work to this extent. (laughs) Um, So this is why I'm not as alarmed as other people. They're not handing the entire keys over to you right away. Right. You have to be... You're entrusted with a little bit to start, but if you abuse it, you ain't going to get to even level two. You're not going to get anything. You're probably going to have revoked if you abuse it. So what you really got to worry about is getting to that super tools level three, the mass-flagging abusive videos, the ability to get... Click on multiple videos a user has potentially in the dashboard, or at once, to say these are all bad. They need to be.
1: That would be the more scary thing, and like you said, they're not handing that off to you right away. So
0: unless people gonna say, Pat, you're fucking crazy. I'm sorry. Maybe uh, the videos that take a deep breath and think through these a little more aren't gonna get the millions of hits. Like, oh my god, this is fucking awful. But I'd like to see this get abused first before. May I be naive? Let's see this get abused first. I think there's some decent sort of uh, safety devices in place, especially since uh, it's going to have to be reviewed first. So, there, could this be abused? Yes, but on the back end, there has to be someone to say yes. That video is bad. We want it gone. Not just the purse. Not just the quote-unquote hero flagging it to begin with. In order for it to disappear. So, unless maybe unless the trolls can unite and think of a great plan to all get to level three, four, and five. And then infiltrate the, the luncheon they're gonna have out in San <laughs> <The> Francisco. <luncheon. laughs> you know, the YouTube heroes luncheon and they're like, ah we got you and flip the table. I don't see this being a problem <laughs> right now. I just don't. Uh, I'm not being a shield for Google, I just don't see it right now. So those are the rewards. It's not that they're gonna pay them, but you know what? Maybe if people prove their worth, they'll probably bring them on and pay these people eventually and then
1: I mean uh, you're right. I, I guess know. it sounds a little less worrisome when you when you break it down like that.
0: But I'm not going to get 2 million videos of, of, of crying and saying YouTube is over. And my channel is going to be dead. Sorry. That's not why I'm here. You know, I'm not going to scream and yell and fucking rant uh, and be a fucking phony. I'm not saying they're all phonies, but there are some phonies that are just rants just to rant. You know. So to get started, yeah, you, you do what I said and you get fucking rewards. Can I get a ham sandwich as a reward or something?
1: I'd like a sandwich.
0: To be eligible, you have to have a valid YouTube channel. Be at least a legal age in your jurisdiction. Uh, sign up to participate in it. How do you accrue points? Uh, By successful Every flagging. qualifying <laughs> contribution. Yeah. So yeah, you can go out and false flag stuff. You'll be kicked out of the program. You won't get anywhere. You won't get to level two. Uh, has to be qualifying contribution that is verifiable and organic and not gamed improperly received or otherwise in violation of these rules, including the YouTube community guidelines. So, uh, they're going to determine each qualifying contribution. Uh, da da, da. And, and so forth, and blah-blah-blah, and we can kill you if you don't abide by these rules. That's that's D4 rule, I believe it says that there. You can't impersonate the person. You cannot defame, abuse, harass, stalk, or threaten. Or you got to be a good upstanding citizen when you do this. You can't be a troll and do this. They're going to look into it, I think. Alright. I'm not just showing for Google. I think they're... They, they they probably first saw some of the backlash coming. So we're going to see how it plays out, obviously. And famous last words, my channel's gone next week. But <laughs> hopefully this is going to be okay. Another month. Another, another. <laughs> conversation about Warner Brothers and DC films. I almost don't, don't want to do this one now just because
1: it feels bad, but... Um, Man, okay, so Warner CEO Jeff Bukes says Bukes. It's a good last name. We get have fun with that. Uh says DC Films have room for improvement. So, um uh
0: a little it, room for improvement. A little. Just a little Just bit. Just a little
1: bit. Uh he in a in a conversation with shareholders, um he he's he he tells them that the company's very aware that they have a problem on their hands. Uh, we do think there's a little room for improvement," Buke said. "We can do a little bit better on the creative. The DC <laughs> comic characters have a little more lightness in them than maybe what you saw in those movies. In those movies, so we're thinking about that,
0: which is which is a, a nice way of saying we fucked up. We gave Zack Snyder's the key to the Porsche, and he fu- and he drove it into a lake. Yeah, sounds like the little course correction we expected after the grim. And
1: I'm glad they just came out and said it. In your face, nihilism of all three
0: films
1: released well, so far. That was what
0: Superhero Hype said. I wouldn't say it was oh, yeah. in your face nihilism per se, at least from Man of Steel, but it wasn't happy or it wasn't light or it wasn't hopeful, let's just say. But I believe somewhere in,
1: in the, um, I mean, in, the, in they're talking about how they're worried. This didn't stop word that James Wan's Aquaman was still facing script trouble, with Wan possibly considering abandoning <laughs> the project altogether. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, where, where is it? It it talks a little bit about how, um, basically how everything's coming together and that, uh, you know, Ben Affleck is taking on the executive producer role at Warner Brothers upcoming Justice League and how everything's shifting around. And they're really hoping that this next push is going to be okay, but there's still word of, um, you know, problems on set this that and the next thing um, I would once again like I've said I would love to see these next movies uh, you know come together uh, I'm glad that the Justice League movie has not been, been split into two pieces it's way too early for that sort of nonsense uh, and We'll see. Um, it really doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, these are generating money, although not well, not, not as m-
0: much as they should. Not as much as they should. But, which is what, which is what he said was interesting. He said the strategy worked. The execution did deliver deliver what we wanted to do. Yeah. No, it didn't. Not because really, because Batman v Super didn't turn a profit. Right. So that's a failure. Um,
1: Suicide Squad, I think we miss, uh, uh t- a little bit of
0: the performance. Yes. It, did a li- it did better than we thought it would do. Yeah.
1: seven twenty million worldwide that, that did beat out what we thought it would do. Um, but yeah, I mean, when the Warner brothers CEO is finally admitting that, you know, they could do a bit better. Um, it's, it's time to. To shake things up, he and said, really qu- cross your fingers,
0: he said. The main thing was to launch DC and reinvigorate it with the fan base. Well, you didn't do that. You turned people off. Yeah. So you know you got to. This is what you're talking. The shareholders, you can't alarm them totally. You have to do minor course corrections, or else the, the stock plummets like, you know, fifty percent the next day. The reboot of Batman with Ben Affleck was a big success. Well, yes, that was the positive out of that disaster movie was that people liked Batman. But again, it didn't make money and it turned people off overall and everyone to that likes, universe. Everyone likes Batman. Yes, and everyone likes Batman to begin with. So it's yeah. like <laughs> uh, But I am looking forward to they're gonna have Deathstroke. Uh, as the, yeah. the, the villain in the villain, I family. do really want that to c-
1: yeah. turn out well. I will
0: see that in theater.
1: I will absolutely see that in theaters. Mark my words. I F- will go 50,
0: see 50-50 chance I will see Wonder Woman, but that's a big 50, <laughs> and that might drop. <laughs> that coin is going to be heavily weighted. Yeah, but... so it might be a heavily
1: weighted 50-50. <laughs> it might be more of
0: a 30-70 <laughs> right. uh, when all, all said and done. Uh, Aquaman, you couldn't pay me to see an Aquaman movie. But you we'll could see. have. I really, actually, was kind
1: of thinking I'd see that, but it doesn't sound particularly promising at this point.
0: Well, maybe if, if you see
1: Justice League and it delivers, you know, uh, that's a Snyder movie. I'm not gonna guess. Go but that. is it
0: though? At this point, I really think they've locked him up in this trailer. <laughs> it's got his they-
1: name on top
0: but that's but that's a legal thing like that's saving face that's a director's guild thing And i am legally I bound to not see a zack snyder i don't think <laughs> even if he's not even directing it even if he's literally just i think they did a bro off between him and affleck and did like a push-up contest to see a <laughs> pose down hey you know let me just shoot this little scene ben it's good I can't, I can't arm wrestle me for it yeah and that's what they, that's what they <laughs> did before every scene they did a bro off uh to do that all right um yeah, it's not good though hearing every single movie though is having some sort of difficulty or trouble. I mean Suicide no, Squad even Wonder Woman. Suicide Squad was successful in spite of itself. Yeah. Being that the editing was supposedly disastrous and from behind the scenes they said there was like f- four different cuts of the movie that were done at the same time. And then someone mixing them together into an awful result that I think people saw it because I don't know, a lot of people still like going a to hot topic and that was their movie du jour of the of the summer i don't know
1: yeah a lot but of t-shirts because it, did, it didn't get good reviews no but it had so, it had
0: some decent graphic
1: design so <laughs> it sold t-shirts
0: it Had queen music in the trailer yeah which probably saved it that probably was 100 million right there oh, i bought like, this t-shirt now so <laughs> i guess i gotta go see the movie i like harley quinn i gotta see it there's news that there might be a harley quinn movie in the works uh solo movie i believe there is we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens uh, with that So we'll see you June second for Wonder Woman. We'll see you November seventeenth for Justice League, and then we'll see you in two thousand eighteen for Batman and I guess Aquaman at that point if we're still alive. If we're still alive, (laughs) world's gonna end after this election. All right. Oh boy, Ian, YouTube's you got YouTube heroes shit in the bed right? The end of YouTube. You have the news about the censorship. The videos won't be monetized anymore. YouTube might be looking over their shoulder with Amazon, right?
1: Yeah. Amazon is supposedly (laughs) launching a, uh, self-service program for video creators called Amazon Video Direct. Uh, Uh, I mean, this article lists it as a competitor to YouTube. Um, but I don't think it's actually going to be, but it is kind of an interesting idea. Um, So it's kind of like a multifaceted program that they're working on here. Uh, They say that it's directed more towards professional video developers, although the only real requirements for uh, Amazon Video Direct is that it has to be shot in some sort of high-definition format, and it has to be closed-captioned. Um, and there's a number of ways you can get your videos onto this platform or distribute your videos on this platform. You Betamax, can, Betamax, Laserdisc, Laserdisc, <laughs> Laser uh, video Disc. What is that? Oh, the VideoDisc. Yeah, the video video disc, ones. Yeah. yeah. They're actually analog. Yes. Um, so you can take a more YouTube approach and you can just submit it to Amazon directly and, uh, you can earn a part of a million dollar a month pie, uh, via advertising.
0: So they're going to split it up. Yeah, the ads in between them, mm-hmm. basically. You
1: can uh, put it on Amazon Prime free of charge. Uh, I imagine there would be some sort of monetary cut there. Uh, you can do it as part of uh, like a supplementary Amazon Prime, like a uh, premium service, which would be like a uh, YouTube Red and sure. their um, and their uh, you know their Subs- their subscription their subscription service. Uh, you can also sell your videos uh, as like a one-time fee per video. Um, you can do a rental of your videos, uh, and you can sell them in like seasons or sets.
0: That's what's cool. Yeah, that.
1: I actually like that. Um, I think this is interesting. I just don't see it capturing or really denting, uh, YouTube's um main audience, which is kind of like the. Up and coming, amateur, I'm having fun person with this. I see this as more of like, I don't know, how should I put it? More of an art school type crowd, maybe, sort of thing. Uh-huh. Or it, it, the, It's it's tough for me to see how this is going to affect YouTube, I guess, is my thing.
0: It won't. Right. This is a, Amazon will be a totally different audience. Amazon Prime audience is not YouTube audience. Amazon right. Prime audience are people that want to pay. Mm-hmm. For, for premium content. And Amazon Prime, from from all from what I hear, is fucking great. You pay what 90 or 100 bucks a year for the streaming service or music, but also all the free shipping. So it pays for itself probably within a couple of months even if you use Amazon. Every, every other week, it'll pay for itself rather quickly. Right. But to me, this is for pro- more professional content. TV-style content. Yeah. Something like the video game years that did awful on YouTube. Good show, did awful on YouTube. Maybe you put a season on Amazon... And maybe it does better there because actually that's a really good point because it's content that could fit into an Amazon Prime sort of well. Oh, it's a TV show, it's a series. This it, isn't for let's plays,
1: no. And, and to go back to something like uh, video game years, it was written, filmed, and, and produced to, as a TV show as a TV show in a forty-five minute,
0: yes, sort of segment. Sure. So it does appeal to me though that doing seasons. Maybe you can put a, and your video game nerd season on there. That's a little bit closer, right? Season of Pathy and the NES Punk. That's a little bit closer, but no, it's not for let's play shows to be uploaded. A thousand of them, you know. I don't see that happening with this format. It's for again those very well produced shows that maybe you can't find your audience on YouTube, or maybe you're not on YouTube and you decided to put it on Amazon because you, there's nowhere else to put it. You know, maybe you give it a try and maybe Amazon promotes it. They have their what, what is it called? Uh, they're going to have their uh, AVD Stars program, Amazon Video Direct Stars program. YouTube is too show.
1: huge and you think you're going to get yeah.
0: lost in the crowd and, and you've
1: got something longer that you put more
0: time into. And YouTube doesn't really curate anymore. It's all about algorithms and that and watch time. Someone will probably They'll probably want to curate at Amazon because people are going to be paying for these or part of the prime service. The, so it's not going to just be, well, people like this Let's Play show and the watch time is big so we're going to push out the front page. They'll probably curate whatever's uploaded there right. to spotlight it because that's what they know what their audience is going to like since their audience is actually paying for their stuff. It's a little bit different than YouTube, and, and I hate to say it, 12-year-old kids deciding what's popular on YouTube. Mm-hmm. This is a, a more mature audience with pockets that are... that Well, Every kids have pockets too, but they're paying out of their pockets. That's what I want to say. <laughs> kids' uh, pockets so, are full of bubble gum and so, candy. So as you, uh, as you touched on, they're gonna, there's going to be a monthly bonus from the $1 million monthly fund to the top 100 AVD titles in Prime Video. Which is... Oh, okay. So... You make great content, you get rewarded for it. People will see it on Amazon. You get a bigger piece of that pie. This is this might drive people to create just for this, yeah, and not YouTube. That's where I think the difference is going to be. So if we want to do more video game years, I would actually say, yeah, you can put it on YouTube if you want, but do it for do it for this because this is where it actually can get picked up and get seen and actually get paid for. Right. This will we'll the money we made back from us. Not going to be made, uh, video game years never made money back for production on on. On YouTube, but this it might actually work, huh? Interesting. I
1: think this. Is, I, I mean, I think it's an interesting service.
0: Um, I, I think calling it a competitor
1: to YouTube is is no, totally wrong. That's but I, I, I think it's a very interesting idea, um, and a very different idea. And yeah, like you said, it's. I think it's more people are going to look at this and be like, "I want to create
0: for this." This will be
1: higher.
0: I think <clears throat> higher, whatever however you define quality, higher. Well produced material versus mm-hmm. YouTube, where you can put anything on in a minute. This is gonna be stuff that's be more TV, like you said, TV show format. They are partnering with some people who are though on uh, YouTube already. Uh, let's see how stuff works. I think that's on YouTube. Machinima, big YouTube uh, network, and some other ones. But there's also Mashable, uh, Mattel, let me get some Pixel Dan uh, show on there, uh, Samuel Goldwyn Films. Uh, and a bunch of others. So I think it's gonna be a mix. I think they're gonna try to tr- you're gonna get tr- get gonna get try to get the YouTube audience, I think, but that's not what their is gonna be. I think it's gonna be to feed on and contribute more it's to me this is gonna be almost like backdoor funding exclusives for this Amazon direct video. Yeah. Does that make sense? Or video mm-hmm. direct, I should say. So how Netflix goes out and pays for shit to be produced up front, they're gonna pay for it after it's created if it does well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's less risk for them to dish it out on the forefront. I see. So if we come to them and say, hey, here's video game years, you know, they're like, okay, cool. If people watch it, you'll get paid. But if not, you're not going to get paid. So it's like, oh, okay, they have no risk. But the reward for them is people will come on and want to see it, and they'll spread the word to other users. Hey, we have this we have this content. Now, as long as it's not exclusive, I think it'll it'll work out for people that want to try to cross over into uh, uh, this Amazon Video Direct. I'm semi-excited look at my pants right now. (laughs) We talk about uh, PewDiePie every now and then just because he uh, whether we want to admit it or not he represents uh, YouTube. Yeah. He's our spokesperson. He's been on Late Night. He's been on with Stephen Colbert. He's one of the people that were selected for the YouTube Red exclusive show. Was it Scare PewDiePie show? I'm not sure anyone saw that or people I don't even know what's going on with YouTube Red. We'll get into that later. So his, his first name is Felix I'm just gonna call him Felix. I, there's a, you know, you know me. Whenever I talk to YouTube people, I, I, I scrunch up my stomach when I have to call them by their, their online monikers. Me too. I just don't like doing it. It feels to me like you're, there, there's a, you're then talking to someone not as a person, but as a content producer, whatever the fuck that means. And you're not. It it just seems impersonal, and it seems like you're putting on a show. So when I, when I, when I, it's not like if I was rooming with Norm the Gaming Historian, I'm not going to call him the Gaming Historian. Hey, Gaming Historian, oh. did you, you finished brushing your teeth yet? Morning, Gaming Historian. Morning, Gaming Historian. Let's go get, let's, let's go get our free continental breakfast downstairs, <laughs> Gaming Historian. I just don't do that. So his name is Felix. His online name is PewDiePie. Pie, okay? So back in April, uh, this is with stuff like uh, YouTube Drama and Keemstar and drama alert getting bigger and bigger and people like Leafy getting bigger and bigger and people going from like less than a million subs to like millions in like a month or two remember we talked about it Markiplier's video mm-hmm. and we talked briefly that Felix put out a video, yes. Mark put out a video Yeah, Mark's his first name and Felix put out a video about YouTube drama and how they didn't, they didn't like the direction that YouTube was going in they didn't like the fact that people were watching these videos just for the, uh, the drama. And what's what's happening to YouTube? And uh, this isn't the site that I was on and I signed up for. These videos, they're making so much money and getting so many views. There's no effort put into them all this stuff. And Felix put out a video, a serious video in April, saying, Yeah, I don't know what's going on. These videos are, it's just, I don't understand it. What's going on? And then Markiplier, Mark, put out a video. Really nice guy. Almost met him at Comic Con. I saw his booth there. Yeah, he's selling posters and stuff, and comic book, in his empire, Mark Markiplier empire. Put out a really to his credit, he made a really strange video, not saying I don't know what he was even saying in that video about why these videos not getting any, these videos getting so much views, and what's going on to my YouTube. And and, and remember at the time we said, let people make what they want, and if the audience watches, they watch it, and you can't control it, right? Just because you see YouTube sort of slipping out of your control about what, what you think it should be or how you got popular, people may not agree with you how you got popular. So what gives you the right to t- say what else should be popular on YouTube? I guess how we ended up. I, but I believe that we were in that ballpark, something like something that. Something like that. This is what's strange, what Felix put this video out. He put out YouTube drama part two. A four minute, 46 second follow-up to his April video and he starts out this video by saying, yeah guys, I was wrong, but that all oh, wrong about that drama video in April. And he's being sarcastic and facetious about it. I was wrong about the, that video and drama is the way to go and so I'm going to make a drama video and roast everyone on YouTube remember the April video that Felix did was totally 100% serious yeah. it wasn't ironic, it wasn't humorous it was a prying sort of what is YouTube become and I don't understand this drama and now five months later he's trying to spin it to say that now I'm on board with the drama and trying to do a video, either criti- either whether it's being critical or not, trying to feed into a commentary of what I did before. And In this video, he runs down a list of probably a few dozen YouTubers that are pretty big, including people like Keemstar, uh, Markiplier, where he quickly roasts them with like a single sentence or line about either they're fat, or their head's big, or, oh, I like their videos, or... I can't believe they're still popular. He's probably Feel's probably friends with some of these people. He so is I,
1: I think some of them were part of his super group or
0: our super group that we talked about before. So he mixes it in though with real shots at people.
1: What bothered me most about that video and what struck me as so off about that video was some of them seemed like genuinely meant to be hurtful shots at the people, and some of them were obviously jokey and I don't know if that was to throw people off or if he was just trying to get real shots in there and to confuse people as sure. to whether or not he was genuinely trying to take a shot at this person or if they were all jokes mm-hmm. or, or or what the point of it was and it it just came across as weak and disingenuous
0: well he took a shot at, at the, one of those scumbags uh, with the whole skins and CS:GO thing. Oh yeah, yeah, which is great. That's fantastic to right. do that. And says one of the slimiest. I think it one of the slimiest things I've seen on YouTube. Which almost everyone agrees. Yeah, is. that's great. But then you're mixing it in with these like softball shots at people and people you're friends with. So I don't know what the point of this video was. If you're gonna have teeth, have teeth. Yeah. And really go after this. If you don't like this YouTube drama, that's fine. But if it's a parody of it, why are you taking real shots at people in it? It's not a parody anymore. What is it then? And that's what's so confusing about it. It's almost as if he knew he lost the point he was trying to make in April. He lost the point. Markiplier lost the point. Uh, Drama is huge on YouTube. uh, And being critical of other videos, it's now a cottage industry of people going after other people and then people coming back up. It was just a recently thing with uh, iDubbbz putting out a great video being critical of Leafy, Leafy responds, IDubs responds, and all these videos get millions and millions of views. So no one's really hurt at the end. You might take a get some egg on your face. That's a really old-fashioned term. I what, like that term, though. Who gets egg on their face? I mean, we're trying to eat. anyway. But no one really gets hurt. All these channels thrive. They don't get destroyed. Keemstar, everyone after Keemstar, this channel's doing just fine. It doesn't really matter at the end. People's it's pro- fucking he- professional wrestling. It, it is perfect. Exactly. It's, it's almost all work, in a way. It's almost like Nudge does behind the scene. Yeah, we're really working these these rubes out there, huh? Right. You're making fun of each other, but who cares? Look at my bank account. I don't fucking care. You killed me, but I'm getting paid uh, 10000 more a month than I did the past month. So- well, I did the job this month. <laughs> so, what I see this as a concession from Felix that he lost the, the argument about people are going to watch what they're going to watch, is what we said. Who cares? This is him trying to, I think, I don't want to say remain relevant, but get his two cents in while he can, while it's still popular. It's just strange. It's just strange. Obviously, he can make whatever he wants. I don't care. But, he's representing YouTube, and I'll just put it out there. I don't like the fact that he went after, he goes after kids sometimes that make fun of him, and he puts the videos out there and says, oh, guys, don't go after this kid. You know, it's like, they're gonna go after the kid. So, what are you doing? I don't think he gives a shit though. This is what the positive thing is though. He built up an audience totally differently than these videos he's doing now. He built up an audience uh, screaming and yelling and doing the let's plays and appealing to to the eight to whatever fourteen year old demographic, six to fourteen year old. That's not even making a joke. That's what the demographic that helped give him make him the number one on YouTube. Now he's doing videos that are totally nothing to do with that, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Doing these side videos. Maybe he's ashamed of the videos he did before, and maybe he's left out of this new stuff going on. He wants to be trendy. People, I don't. I, I can't get into you that. You can't get into I the just, psychology. But I that, just
1: don't know. Okay, you don't know because I, I don't watch any of this shit. So I, at that point, I can't go any. Further but you
0: do there. agree that the video was strange.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. The video was absolutely bizarre.
0: It Was bizarre. Yeah, okay. that
1: that much I can get into.
0: Okay, time so now for Q and A time on the CEO podcast. This is from uh, cow underscore man. Pokemon Go, a game in decline or has it just stabilized its true user base? Ian? I definitely think it's a game that's just stabilized its true user
1: base. Um, it took longer than I thought it was going to, but this is something that I, I predicted would only take a few weeks back when the game came out. And, and Pat disagreed with me uh, properly. Um so a, a, a quick story. When I was at work the other day, uh, a guy came in and we were talking, and he was like, "Man, it's a real shame about that. Uh, about, uh, it's a real shame for Nintendo that Pokemon Go was such a massive failure." What? And I, I choke. I, I like. I wasn't trying to be mean, but I was like, I like. I had to choke back a, la- a laugh. And I was like, "What, what do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, i have lost millions of players." And I go, "Well." how many millions do of, of they have? But that's what I said. I said, <laughs> dude, I said when everyone in the world is playing your game, I said losing millions of players is is nothing. I said that's that's things that that's naturally what happens when you're bleeding players, but you have so many players to begin with. All that is is no one, you, you. No one expected the moms and dads who were curious, the the adults, the 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 fifty year olds who were like, well. My friend was playing it i 'm going to yeah. try playing it. You know the the parents who were playing it with their kids because their kids were playing it and they wanted to play along um, the people who don 't play video games or were just nostalgic for Pokemon who saw it was the top app on the phone. Mm-hmm. no one was going to everyone knew that those people weren 't going to stick around, and they counted for a huge part of the initial boom. Yeah, how many apps do you have you delete after a while right it 's just natural it 's just natural. Um, I, I mentioned it when, when Pokemon Go came out. Niantic, the, the backbone for Pokemon Go was built on Niantic's previous game, um, Ingress, which still four years later has a, a large player base to the point where when, um, uh, I, I believe they're called what the hell are they called? Anomalies uh, they, have a, they hold events for this game that, that are called Anomalies uh, they happen in different uh, cities I believe around the world and there was one in San Diego right before Comic Con and they had like 3,000 players show up in San Diego to play the game okay, that's four years ago Um, This has a Pokemon license attached to it. Uh, The Pokemon Go Plus came out and sold out immediately in every store that it was in. The wrist attachment. The the wrist attachment. uh,
0: Was it buzzes when there's It buzzes
1: when there's a Pokemon nearby or when there's a PokéStop nearby. So you you don't have to look at your phone all the time. So you don't have to look at your phone all the time. They sold out immediately. They're being scalped online for about 75 bucks. They were 35 to come out with. That's not something that would happen with a game that's a miserable failure or that is dying. It is settling down to the player base that everyone thought it would be, which is the hardcore Pokemon player, of which there are many, many players. I mean, the card game is seeing a huge resurgence. When Sun and Moon comes out, I guarantee you Pokemon Go players are going to spike all mm. over again. Pokemon Go is still dealing with the 150 original Pokemon. As soon as they start adding more, you know, another 100, another 100, another 100, the game is going to find new life in spurts. Mm -hmm. So
0: I don't think... And the updates aren't even out yet to like for battles or whatever against other players.
1: Yeah, and they just start adding things like, you know, you can attach a Pokemon to you so when you walk around it'll level up. It's a game that's going to see spikes as updates come in, and I think, yes, it's not a game in decline. It's a game that's found its true user base.
0: And I think that's it, all it is. Well, I'll get into the, the, everyone thinking Nintendo's dead every every other month. Even if it never made any more profits, it already made Nintendo lots of profits. <laughs> enough
1: profit. I mean, not, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it split three ways, but it made them enough profit.
0: Yeah, they put a little work into themselves. That's the whole point is that they're making a, a, a ton of profit on that for little work. It's just free money, and their stock went up. It came back down, but it's still up where it was. Before, and it was. jumped
1: again with Super Mario Run. I mean, this this mobile plan is working out for Nintendo,
0: no matter what. This silly Nintendo is is in decline argument. I'm tired of hearing. And after people thought people thought I was going after Sega with the whole Sonic thing last time, I really wasn't. I just said Sega's in a different spot than Nintendo. It's not going after them. Yeah, there are people actually saying you'd rather be Sega than Nintendo, which is absolutely insane. That's, that's uh, like just just close your laptop and go away. <laughs> Don't comment anymore. Nintendo's doing fine. Uh, Pokemon Go is going to last. I said what six months. Yeah, you said a month. <laughs> Only before You see. Uh, you see
1: yeah, before. but I didn't say it was going to die. I just said it was going to hit that user Whoa. base.
0: Okay. Well, you said it would be a fad that would. Well, that... No, for those people. Okay.
1: I, I I never said that it wasn't going to do well. I just felt like that burn You thought that... the
0: interest would just wane, though. I,
1: I, I felt like the burnout that we're actually seeing now was going to take a lot less time. Okay, well,
0: we're about three months into the release, just about at this point. It was early July. Um, So, yeah, I think, like you said, it might be ebbs and flows. Yeah. It depends upon... With any app, when there's an update to it, there's, as long as there's regular updates, I think it keeps it fresh. Every couple months, people oh it's getting updated. I'll keep using it. You know, uh, me Tomo died because I think they here's what me Tomo is, and there you go. That's they, the, they let it go. That's the experience. We put like ninety five percent of it besides the skins at the start. So okay, I played it for two weeks, and there okay, what, what's new? That's it. What, what can you add to that? One on one fights in someone's room. Can you punch them with your little little chubby uh, me hands? No, you can't do that. Well, Pokemon Go. Uh, what is the, they're adding? What's the other thing they added? Uh, now you can see where your monsters were captured. All right, that's pretty cool.
1: Like I said, they have—I mean, like I said—there's 150 Pokemon in the game. They have so much stuff. And like once
0: that. they add battling one-on-one, more people are going to get back into it. So, Nintendo's not going anywhere, and with with their app stuff, you know, it's 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 pie in the sky for them right now. I think. All right. At Jester of Roanoke, Roanoke, Blue Jester, does the endless NX speculation from specs to aesthetics to fake images hurt or help Nintendo? Um, I saw some images that were t- terribly drawn, Foxconn, yeah. that I could have done like in three seconds. That people are like, oh, they're true. No, they're not. But
1: uh, I do think at this point, it's it's starting to hurt a little bit. Um, we're only six months out from the NX, and we have zero fucking details about this thing. And with all the bullshit... Official
0: details. Official details. Official
1: details. Um, and now that some of these rumors are becoming more and more solidified, like uh, the Pokemon company stuff, you know, kind of really basically stating it is it is the handheld TV hybrid that it has been going around, um, you know, that's starting to put things into play, but without specs without knowing what it looks like, without knowing really what it's going to do, uh, Nintendo just needs to come out and start saying some shit because every time fake specs get leaked, fanboys and detractors alike start to get worried or they start to take it as gospel. And a lot of people say think the sky is falling or it just starts all this endless debate. And I think as it gets closer and closer... And nothing gets gets announced or released. I think people start to lose faith in Nintendo knowing what they're doing with the system. I think that's the biggest problem, really. We're six months out from a console release. I don't know that we've ever really been this close to a console release and Not, known what, this
0: little. One as major as this, at least. Yeah,
1: and known this little, and, and 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 I do. I really think that that's starting to to damage things.
0: Remember when the when the Wii came out uh, they had the look of it a year and a half before it came out.
1: Yes. It was I saw it 2000 2000- motion control this that and the yeah. next thing they they knew and, and Wii we you the same thing I said we you yeah. We have no pictures of games other than the fact that uh Breath of the Wild is going to basically be the same on both systems and that's it. We have no other news other than Pokemon, Pokemon games, games will be coming to the which I mean that's it. We we don't know a fucking thing.
0: So that was the one thing the one quote from Pokemon company's uh, Shunekazu Ishihara, who said the annex is trying to change the concept of what it means to be a home console device or a handheld co- uh, device. Yes, it's a hybrid. We know that. It's going to be a reverse Wii U. It's going to put the signal to the TV from the from the, the unit, right? Which is It is revolutionary. Then you can basically carry around your home console anywhere you go, yeah. and then just plug and in a little device somewhere, you know, to get the yeah, output on the TV. That's really cool. My gut tells me. That they have not... It's almost like they want to solidify everything at once. The look and the specs of it at the same time, maybe? They didn't do that with the Wii U, that's for sure. No. Uh, but I think they want to solidify it before they come out with it. And I think maybe that, maybe that, maybe it's not solidified yet. Maybe it's not final with the actual horsepower of this machine is. Maybe it's still up in the, the air and it's not final. And that's why I think this is hurting them. Because people Six. are Because I hear people like, oh, for Foxconn, which is the company out in China. that it's manufactures making all this shit. All the iPhones and stuff and they do a lot of stuff like this. They're like, oh well it's not gonna be as powerful as the PS4. I know that for sure. And it's like Nintendo's got to come out and say, these are the specs, this is what it does, blah blah blah, blah. Yes. And people would not speculate it. But what is it harming? Is it harming the potential market? Because people Nintendo's always gonna be have the the core audience is going to buy it no matter what. If they bought the Wii U, they're gonna buy this. You know, they're probably not going to lose that many from that. Obviously, the, the Wii U was a big drop to the Wii U, but that was because they got so many people that hadn't bought a console before that bought the Wii. Right. They're going to they're get their, a few million, four million, regardless. And plus, people always fucking forget that this is also going to be somewhat a 3DS replacement as well. So you're gonna And get they do those well people, yeah. So you're going to get those 20 million plus. 3DS is more than that, isn't it? What's a 3DS base? They're going to get a chunk of those people from the start. So this is going to do better than the Wii U by default. Just because it's really it's gonna be handheld. It's going to get two audiences combined, right? So they're not in trouble there. But like, like you said, yeah, when you have fucking these little, awfully drawn images coming out saying this is what it looks like, that that's not good. That isn't good. No. But it looks like it's going to be March, though. They got it. They got to shitter get off the pot, I think, for the announcement. You like you said, you're, we're six months out. Let's go, Nintendo. Show us something. How about a trailer? I, I'm going to think. It's got to happen within the next two months. They got to do something. Oh, they got to do something this fucking month.
1: They—they, they, I mean, in October you think is yeah, going to be. It? They gotta. Or I mean, before
0: the Nintendo Mini comes out, they—I mean, it's
1: Classic, they, yeah, NES Classic.
0: Before that, so but before November 11th, we're going to say this has to happen. It has to. Unless they're really getting their ducks in a row with the third-party, uh, folks at this time. You know, they—they said they were doing it before, and they dropped off. But you know, maybe maybe this is it. Or Nintendo's doomed! Doom, 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 doom. I'd rather be. You know, I'd rather be Panasonic. <laughs> They're in better shape than Nintendo. All right. Uh, at J- J- jsnee 20 Hey, Ian, what's the weirdest thing about subtle becoming an internet celeb? I don't, I don't know, because
1: I don't feel like I am one. Um, but you are, though, so you got to face it. <sighs> uh you're known on the internet i am from known i'm inter- known i'm I am Ian from the internet uh I guess it's <laughs> it's that people recognize me i guess um it's when I say it's weird it doesn't mean it's it's bad but it's like when I'm at work and someone's really excited to see me and I have this really good conversation with them, but I'm literally behind the counter with a pile of controllers in my hand, and I'm having this conversation with a person, and they're excited to see me, and I'm using a toothbrush to get the hand cheese out of the crevices of the controller, and I'm sweaty, and I'm fucking filthy, and at that given moment, I'm just a fucking dude behind the counter working retail covered in filth and they're excited and I'm like I'm just a guy behind a fucking counter scraping crap out of these controllers and that's, that's what's weird to me it's this, it's this odd juxtaposition of they know me from this podcast and it's you know they might be from out of town mm-hmm. and they really like the podcast and they see me and they're like oh that's the guy I listen to and I'm covered in fucking Cheetos and skin and that's skin cheese skin cheese I'm just fucking covered in skin cheese
0: <laughs> and like <laughs> they, so that brings it to a forefront about it, it, it's there's this to weird you, it's, it's, it's a reality shift from this is who I am my daily life and this is because you're if you're at a convention you you know that that's why you're there that in, right so see you, that's not so, you know so
1: that's not so weird to me like like I said like I said before it makes me very electric and it is kind of strange but after doing enough conventions, I, I prep myself for it. I know that's what I'm there for. I sit down, people come up, I shake hands, I take pictures and, and that stuff it's It's when it happens in my day to day life. like I said, it's not bad. I like meeting these people um it, it's it, it's a it's a fun break from work, but it's just this weird dichotomy of like I'm fucking filthy and gross, and you're excited. <laughs>
0: And it's just, it's strange. There's no solution. What, are you to put a sign saying, please don't talk about the internet stuff? While no, I'm
1: no, that's not it. I don't want them to not talk about it. It's just, you're excited to see a scummy dude who's, you know, it's just, it's 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 odd. Because I, 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 I'm not that, when I'm at the convention, it's not like I put on, it's not like I put on a show or a special personality. But when I walk into a convention, it's like, okay, I have podcast persona. Like this is, I am here because of the podcast. Podcast persona. It's not like I have that. No, I'm saying it's not like I put that on, but it's like, I'm here for the podcast. Do you get what I'm saying? It's sure. like, it's
0: just, a, it's two separate things. It's two separate realities. Should, should I have done a better job preparing you for internet Star? stardom? I mean? No. Should, should I have I've trained you? <laughs> well, I think it's interesting just because it's even, it's like, Frank's the extreme of that, what you just said. Yeah. Frank's the absolute extreme, because Frank, in his mind, isn't doing anything. Right. He's just a guy talking on camera, literally. It's like you don't have to have the camera on, and that's who he is. And obviously, I script, sure. I script stuff for the NES Punk stuff, but, you know, the Ask Frank stuff. And uh, now the Frank Ray stuff, which is enjoyable to me to shoot, because it's him having fun getting presents. Uh,
1: uh, it looked fun when we went over. Pat and I... Pat showed me some a little bit of editing and it was fun the other day and we I watched him do on the... we have different <laughs>
0: definitions of fun.
1: <sighs> well,
0: it, it was it was educational. It, it was interesting. <laughs> it went better than I probably thought. It probably went better than Ian thought it would go. Yes. And it definitely went better than I thought it would go. Yes. Anyways, we didn't scream at each other. Which no. Was good.
1: But <laughs> I watched him edit an episode of Ask Frank and it was fun to watch that. Oh, Frank Crate. Frank Crate. Yeah. Frank Crate. Anyways, so that's the end. No, no, it's not the end. <laughs> Oh. that's not the end at all. Oh, sorry, that's right. You're finishing up the
0: Frank, the Frank bit. So, so Frank, so Frank is the extreme. So I have to hear him talk about, oh my god, I don't know why these kids like me. I'm just, I say, hey, well, am I, do I do, do your parents' garden? Like, why do, you, why do you, you know, why? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but when he went to Soul Character Gaming Expo, he got to finally meet people, so it right. clicked with him a little bit better. People enjoy it, even though he doesn't understand why people enjoy it. He knows that they do, and he saw it in person. Cause right. Because on, on the street, he gets stopped, or the, he's gotten stopped in the airport or a target because he's a, he's a character. He, do, he doesn't blend with the crowd, to say. So he gets to see it firsthand, and it sort of hits home for him. But you know what's going to make you bigger bigger in a Celebrity, Ian? The completely unnecessary Let's Play Yeah. <laughs> Where I lose at Cabal with him. Never mind. Don't give it away. All right. At Mr. Gray's Gaming... Do you think games are now severely overpriced due to stores and sellers putting too much value on so-called rare games? So, this is going to get a familiar answer, but
1: I I liked the question because it's a different way of... It's a different road that leads to... All all roads lead to Rome. Um, Yes. So... Because rare games can go for so much, sellers can have a tendency to look at all video games as valuable and can um, therefore jack the prices up on, on games that are not quite so rare. And this can happen specifically within genres, I think, sometimes. Um, it's kind of what I refer to as RPG syndrome. Give me an example. Uh, well, like RPGs can tend to be more expensive. Okay, you know, like uh, like a Valkyrie Profile or a It in Two, or even um, some some middle of the road RPGs. You know, that would go for like forty, fifty, sixty dollars. Okay, um, but there are you know lots of RPGs that aren't worth anything, like uh, like a like a Final Fantasy Eight. You know, there's billions and billions of copies of sure. Final Fantasy Eight out there. The game's probably worth like fifteen, twenty bucks. I mean, max. But, you know, you'll go to some flea markets or some resellers and you'll see Final Fantasy 8 going for a lot more. Why? Because RPGs are considered a higher tier of game. There are more expensive RPGs out there. So okay. some sellers or resellers will see all RPGs as golden. Do you get what I'm saying sure. there? Or NES will be really hot. For, for some instance, or TurboGrafx will be hot. A lot of TurboGrafx games will be expensive, so therefore all turbo Graphics games to some sellers will magically be expensive instead of them being priced appropriately. This is kind of the opposite of, the reason why I wanted to answer this, is this is kind of the opposite of what gets us into the situation with people who are selling games to a store. They read one of those shitty CNN or CNET articles. Your games are worth millions or yeah. About how you know these ten games from your childhood are now worth a thousand dollars, and don't you wish you had held on to them and then the people come in with their boxes of games and I offer them a fair price of you know a hundred dollars for you know these you know fucking fifty games they have that are all you know mostly dog trash, and they yell at me because I'm not offering them a hundred dollar you know a thousand dollars for their games so it it does it goes both ways uh. Especially with newer shops, I see it happen. New shops tend to overprice these things. And it's because they get caught up in seeing a system or a genre that starts going for more. And therefore they think everything should be priced up higher. Um, it's the same when people try to sell games to you, like a like a family, not a retail shop. Uh, they see these, you know, fifteen games are going for a ton, so they therefore think
0: all their games are worth a lot of money. Do you see it happening with quote unquote connected games, like games that are just maybe in the ballpark of other games? I have one example I'll bring up.
1: Um, you mean like perhaps in the same series, or
0: just same, maybe same. Um developer or same publisher around the same time period that it sort of gets some of the heat from that other title and it comes down to the smaller...
1: Sure, like Secret of Evermore to Secret of Mana. So, uh, so
0: Mana goes up.
1: Yeah, or yeah, something like that. Or people will think that uh, one Flintstones game is worth a lot because another Flintstones game well, is... Or uh, the Kid Clown for the Super Nintendo is worth something because the Kid Clown for the Nintendo is worth something. I see that a lot. I'm not sure if that's what you're talking about. Somewhat.
0: I want to bring up the Jetsons on Nintendo. Okay. On NES. Part of the same series as the Flintstone series or the Hanna-Barbera series. Yeah. This is a game that four years ago was like a $40 game. Yeah. I sold my extra copy for $15 because that was a decent deal on eBay at the time. The good old Ryan of Screenwave Media. Probably like four years ago. It gives like the fifteen bucks or something like that. And now, according to the price chart, it goes for hundred and sixty eight dollars loose. Jesus. Is that total demand or was there some shine from Flintstone's Dinosaur Peak that made the interest rise? Just because so, it's late Taito. You think that's what it is? Yeah.
1: I think you know, people yeah, I get what you're saying. People assume that because it's part of that late Taito package, even though it's one of the more so, common late Taito games. So even
0: though it's an uncommon game. Yeah. It's not a rare game. No far as my estimations of it coming across it in the past. Hell, I had an extra one sitting around so it wasn't exactly that hard to find at the time. So it sort of builds this reputation maybe because mm-hmm. of, its, of its connection to another game that's actually harder to find and worth more. And then psychologically now it's in demand. It takes a few years but there's no, for me there's no other reason for a game to shoot up four times the value in a relatively quick amount of time.
1: Now, I like think that. I was actually going to kind of mention that one but I, I do think a lot of times um a game ba- uh, based on association to a more expensive game can definitely uh, see its price kind of falsely
0: inflate. Uh, so, in your estimation, yeah, though, is it a good strategy for a store to price like that? I mean, if it moves, it moves. But is, is there any detriment to doing that?
1: Do um, yeah, I mean, it, people are becoming more savvy. So, it, it just depends... If 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 a game gets a five dollar rub up then and people are still buying, then you know, I guess no harm no foul. It's it it, it just depends on how much you're trying to boost that price. Your turn to ask one in. This is from ATQ Dave. Best and worst NES
0: sports titles. NES COE games? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're, they're there there are NES card, yes. I don't have a huge amount of experience with the Koei games. That's why I, I didn't write any for the book. No. I, I had uh, Karen uh, wrote a bunch. Um, Joe wrote a couple. Um, well, according to a certain, well, where's my guidebook? I don't have it. I feel naked now. Just go off the top of your head. <laughs> can't do it. Yet. The best and worst NES sports titles. Let's start with the worst. This is where a certain app's going to come into play. Uh, That'll be released relatively soon. LJN's NFL. Pretty bad. One star, according to a certain NES guidebook. I reviewed that one. LJN's NFL football. First to have that license. NFL license. But it sucked donkey nut. It was pretty bad. (laughs) So slow and lethargic. Yep. You switch to that, uh, the overhead screen where it's like bird's eye view. And Mm -hmm. then to like the up close. Where all of a sudden it's like way too much area around to run. And you're so slow. The plays were on the poster of that. Yeah. So it's not even like tech mobile or on screen. It's not even like you can even just run a rudimentary play like 10-yard fight. You had to put in a weird button conversation from the fucking poster. <laughs> not even the manual. No, you had to have the poster laid out in front of you. That's insane. And it's not even, it's not even worth the trouble to do that at that point. That's a bad
1: game. LJN's MLB is a little bit. It's a little bit
0: better. You, you gave that better. one and a half stars. Which I think it's fair. It's it, even. It, you can even argue for two stars. I think you gave it one and a half.
1: <laughs> you could argue too. I think I gave it one and a half. I wanted to like it a, a little bit more. It was. It was Atlas developed. It was before I, Atlas was particularly.
0: I I remember point. liking it better than your review of it. I remember that. Doesn't mean it's a
1: good game though. None of the teams felt different to me. If you just took it as like we're just going to play one game. It's okay, I guess, but it all felt way too samey.
0: Roger Clemens' MVP baseball is fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and not because I hate Roger Clemens in real life. <laughs> it's a bad game. That alleged steroid and fucking PED user. Allegedly.
1: Magic Johnson's fast
0: break. Not as bad as Roger Clemens' MVP baseball. <laughs> no, true, true, true. Roger, This is why Roger Clemens' MVP, MVP baseball so bad. Cause, because the ball comes in, third person... Behind the batter, you have no response time to hit it. It's totally a crapshoot of hitting. Yeah, and there's nothing else good about it. The Quattro Sports games <laughs> are so bad they're good. Yeah. However, the baseball game in Quattro Sports is broken. Yeah. There's no AI in that game. No. I I, I try to remember the review of it. I think when you hit it, sometimes the the infielders don't throw the ball. Like no, that, no, obviously they just, just they like, oh, I'm just hanging out playing this game. <laughs> they're like it's like you're playing a second player basically, but that that's not controlling it. Uh, so those all those Quattro sports games are just not good.
1: Games that I tried to be objective about but I don't personally love a ton is um was not a huge fan of the um base, never could really get into the Bases loaded series. You gave them fair reviews though. I did. I no, I gave, gave them fair like, I gave them fair reviews two and a half because cuz I cuz I understand where people are coming from and I understand why it's a liked series. I just never really dug the perspective. Like so I'm not I'm not hating on them
0: but they they just weren't you never like the third person behind the pitch? They, right they weren't
1: it? like my speed.
0: Nah. So that's more middle of the pack or even above average for those. I mean, uh, the RBI Baseball Series, are you get better. Uh, we had arguments like that. Three and a half stars, according to a certain guide guidebook. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And all three games are the same, Ian. They just look no, they're nice. not.
1: They're not all the I same. I played
0: them and reviewed
1: them. <laughs> they are not <laughs> they are.
0: all the same. I'm sorry that you, you get your Namco hard-on for how those chubby characters look in the first one.
1: Uh, but Comment section.
0: Please, please... Tell Pat. No, 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 you're not going to no, send my NES guidebooks in Akron. It's not. Um, <laughs> best sports games. Two big ones. The only two that got five stars are... Baseball stars. And... Tecmo Super Bowl. Tecmo Super Bowl, yeah. Which is still arguably one of the best football games of all time. And they still... Especially with the it. modern tweaks. And they, they, they and they hacked the ROM yeah every year and put in new teams and added all well, all 32 teams just uh, masterpieces of, of games they're fantastic uh, you can go back and play you can just you can just play techno Bowl now and say well I can just play a full season of this like yeah. I'll just do it now it's it's with injuries and in full season and p- choose your eight plays and you can swap in your plays you can do player substitutions uh fantastic uh in terms of ones that are overlooked how about overlooked really good sports titles that's where I, had a, I wish I had a certain NES guide app right now so
1: I, can... um, I think the other Tecmo sports games are pretty decent Tecmo baseball is okay
0: but bad news baseball is really, really good
1: yeah bad news baseball is really good Uh, little league is a little light on options but it's good I, I
0: rated them the same little league and bad news but they're different games yes uh, they're tired because little league baseball is basically the baseball star's engine. And if people are wondering why version.
1: we're bringing up so many baseball games, it's because, because... there's eighteen <laughs> fucking baseball <laughs> 18 games, games on the,
0: the system. Yeah, yeah a... so you can go through a wide range of them, I mean, average like like um, legends of the of the diamond or diamond, as it says in the top label, <laughs> a very average game or slightly below average, and then Dusty Diamonds All Star Softball is a fucking blast that to play. That
1: one's always good. I wasn't even going to bring it up because I don't think it's overlooked.
0: Yeah, it, well, there's it's uncommon. So yeah, it's. it's Tough to get a hold of, but that's a really good one. If you want, you don't want you to really count racing as sports, really. it's kind of separate uh, to me. How about World Champ? Really good boxing title. Four stars, I gave it. I didn't Enjoyable. Ca- I didn't care for it. Best of the best. That's the best. Really good. Pretty fun, yep. Even on Nintendo. It's not the Super Nintendo one. There's less buttons. Best of the best. That's a very uncommon, I'd say, borderline rare game for the NES. That's very uncommon. Oh, um... all pro hockey. That's where I go. Give it a chance, Ian. Just above average. There's a, there's some problems with that game. It's almost like Nintendo just couldn't too much, not enough horsepower to pull it off properly on the NES. I I, I, I don't know. It, it's, I, I it's, appreciate it's, it for trying. It try, yeah. I gave it three stars. I didn't give a bad review. But it's almost like yeah, it's um, it, not enough horsepower to do that. Sure. It basically pro. Uh, it, it's like the NHL hockey game on the NES. Very uncommon. Yeah. Uh, game, but it's it's not all there. It's just uh, I wish I could read the review of it right now, uh, but let us know in the comments what your worst or favorite and sports, NES teams, sports are. teams are. If you want to go super, something like Super Dodgeball is more like an action game. I'm talking. sports we're not
1: counting, if we're not counting racing, we're not counting Dodgeball. Super
0: Spike V Ball is an arcadey, but it's fantastic. Game. You want to count like extreme sports like Skate or Die? No, I give that three stars. It's better than average. Wasn't as good as I remember it because I was forced to play that and borrow it from my mm. friend Kevin. God, had that game. How about TNC Sports? No, you don't count that as sports. No, we're not. Oh, count- or TNC Surf Design, <laughs> not TNC we're not, Sports. We're not counting the extreme sports. Paperboy is that a sports game? Competitive uh, paper. We're throwing? moving
1: on. <laughs> we're really
0: stretching this one out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Will Sega said and prices go down once the inevitable EverDrive comes out, or is it wishful thinking?
0: Woo! Well. We're in an entirely different market here because it's not a cartridge system. Right. That's a big, big, big one right, right away. So a cartridge system will last I don't know, five times the amount of time that a traditional probably uh, a disc-based system will last. There's less moving parts. You don't have a lens to worry about. The motor, everything else that can go that, that doesn't exist in an NES or Super 10 or Genesis. So even if, you, even if there was going to be a bigger interest in Sega Saturn, It makes it tougher to go after the real games if it's if those games have an unreliable system that you have to buy or one that's in less quantity or one that you worry about replacing the battery. It's not as simple as saying, oh, I got a Genesis Mega Drive. Let's go buy a $10 Genesis 2 at the flea market I can find every every week. Now I got to go out and buy a Sega Saturn. Now I got to worry about getting one that works. I worry about uh, finding controllers that aren't busted. Those, those those model one controllers are terrible. The right. triggers, <clears throat> I don't worry about that. It's a little bit, a little bit more complicated. Plus, the the more popular, also, okay, the games that people actually want for the Sega Saturn, by and large, are the ones that are made in, in much smaller quantities than a, than a Nintendo or Super Nintendo or Genesis library. So. Good luck finding those games that you really want for a decent amount. So the entry the entryway is blocked a little bit more than on a traditional cartridge system because of that too. Yeah, you can go out and get your Daytona USA or your, or your pack-in Virtua Cop uh, and Virtua Fighter game, but that's not the game that's going to draw you and keep you there. That's just like the sort of games you get like getting Super Mario Duck Hunt. That's just the games that are cheap and easy to find or all the Madden games that you can find that are worthless. You know, so you can probably spout out the Saturn titles that people actually want to play, but they're not going to be under $80. You Burning know. Rangers, Dragon
1: Force... Uh, Snatcher. No, Snatcher Sega CD. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, Panzer Dragoon Saga. I mean, stuff like that. Maybe you can get Knights into Dreams. You know, that's a little bit... That's cheaper. Cheaper. Uh, that's cheap. That's actually probably only like $20, $30. Bucks.
0: But after that, it's sort of...
1: Die Hard Arcade's getting up there. Is it really? Yeah.
0: So... I actually played that in the arcade. I wonder if people actually played that in the arcade. Yeah, I, I, that was fun. Oh, what do you think?
1: Um, I I don't know. I mean, so if we're talking about basically a mass-produced version of the what we had talked about before, going into the VCD slot, um, I don't know. I mean, EverDrive's for Nintendo, and let's let's stay specifically with Nintendo. Have not done a great deal on driving down the prices on um, <clears throat> NES games that are expensive. They haven't. Um, I don't think the EverDrive is for or or whatever it ends up being called is going to necessarily drive down the price of uh, Saturn games um, because honestly, they're like Pat said, they're uh, they're probably less available than those rare NES games, and um, the collecting scene is always going to want to collect the genuine article. Plus. There is going to be something different, I think. It sounds weird for me to say, but taking a bunch of CD games and putting them on a card and shoving them in the back of a CD system, I think, is going to feel really strange to people when it comes down to CD hmm. media.
0: You think so? I, I, I do, in a way. But it's it's a lot I, easier than loading up CDs true. and low times and that bullshit, and then read errors. and yeah
1: um it depends it also depends on how widespread um pirating of uh not pirating bootlegging of uh Saturn games gets um but i think that could also be said about nes games I, we'd have to see but i honestly don't think it's going to have An incredibly huge effect on those prices, just like virtual console releases of expensive uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo games hasn't had a huge effect on prices. Anything that's collectible in its original edition. (laughs) (laughs) These are collectible!
0: (laughs) 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 How to get it one in every podcast. Guaranteed rookie card.
1: (laughs) Uh, Anything that's actually collectible. Anything that's in limited supply, an easy way for it to get into the hands of someone else, but it's inauthentic, is not likely to drive down the price of the authentic uh, article.
0: I actually answered this the opposite. You think prices will go up, but the way you look at it, I think they're going to not change at all. Yeah. I think it's where we sort of settle, so it doesn't really matter, because of the things we talked about, about the system not being like a cartridge system, and the, the hard to find ones being hard to find. Yeah. And people, the people who want that aren't suddenly going to be like, oh, no, I'm cool just n- just yeah, this. I'm cool not, not getting that, like, like Burning Rangers. Because because yeah. I, I, yeah, you're right. But I think people, maybe people will get this, though, so they buy the real game, and then they put it onto their, they rip it and put it onto their drive. So they don't have to deal with the wear and tear of a disc. That's possible. All well. right. At 8-Bit Ghost, could better marketing one must have exclusive? Must, because that was important. Capital letters, better cover art, etc., have saved the TurboGrafx 16 from failing in North America.
1: I mean, yeah, the answer to all of that is is, is sure. Uh, I mean, this is what a coda, ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, who knows? But um, I, I, I think we have to change that from must have exclusive to must have pack in. Uh, I think Bonk being a pack in would have been a. A much bigger boon to the Turbo graphics than something like Keith Courage. Well, uh, I think they
0: have. Did they eventually? They told. Well, they eventually the later ones they put a sticker on it made it blazing lasers for the late late release. Sure, at that point it didn't matter anymore. No,
1: but Bonk would have been a mascot in an era where mascots mattered. Yes, uh, and he and, was
0: their mascot though. Yeah, but he
1: wasn't a packing mascot like Sonic eventually well, became and Mario well, it was. didn't come
0: out till till ninety. Uh, okay, so for, for, sure. For, for, so for the first, so it came out. Remember. Remember, uh, Genesis and TurboGrafx came out well within a few weeks of each other in the summer of 80, 80 uh, 89. They had a two-full-year head start on Super Nintendo. Yeah. So, TurboGrafx is seen, it's not like it flopped. It got off to a decent start, start for those two years, but then it stopped. It's just dead in the water. It's like you had the initial push the first year. I saw commercials. I was in a Tri-State No, I, I do remember it. seeing those commercials. Uh, so it, it's not like no one bought it. It was it was at Toys R Us. You had the big kiosk there, which well, we, I wish one of those would exist. I watched that kiosk. Ooh, the, me su- too. Ooh, super volleyball, you know, or spike volleyball, whatever they called it. Um, so it did have one must-have exclusive, at least to me. I thought Bonk was a must-have, even though I didn't have it. Right. But it didn't have mo- more than one. That was it. And, and it, like you said, it wasn't the pack-in. It was Keith Courage for the first eight months the system was around. Right. And, actually, more than that, for years it was just Keith Courage. And Keith they, Kurage, should they should have switched it immediately. They should have like, switched it immediately.
1: Like they did with Sonic.
0: Yes. Exactly. It should have been... Keith Courage should have been known as the Altered Beast instead of Keith Courage being the game everyone associates with because everyone had that game. Right. And it was such a bad game, again, from my own view, that they didn't put out separately, you know, once they changed the pack-in. You know, or came out with the Turbo Duo, you couldn't buy Keith Courage. Right. It
1: wasn't a good game. It was an average game. And while I do remember seeing the commercials, I don't remember a huge marketing push for
0: the system. Let's well, not say huge, but there was marketing done. Again, the Tri-State area that was a big thing. It wasn't released nationwide. You still have people saying, "I never heard of that system," or right. when I was a kid, no one had it. So my Toys R Us had it. Did Mine your, did. Did but did someone's Toys R Us out in I don't know Wyoming have it? Probably not. No. So they, they did this weird strategy that they did in Japan where they, they kept it around the, these these, uh, these these huge centralized locations where there's a big population center. But that's not where everyone is. This isn't Japan. This is the U.S. You know, you have states where maybe people are spread out, where you don't have a metropolitan area out in South Dakota, but you still have people who want to buy a game system. You know, so what about them? What about people in Arkansas? You know, it's a really strange strategy that didn't work out cover art was terrible though
1: yeah it was absolutely abysmal
0: can you reach any there you want you want to show bomberman show you right there they, they they couldn't even do like the the regular bomberman box art I
1: mean military madness is like 1950s spaceman
0: <laughs> it's absolutely terrible yeah so the the but but and they got this like like dungeon Explorer is terrible you know like these are all bad uh, just awful box art so Bonk's revenge that's better though cuz it shows bomb sure. at least but the point is is that like they couldn't even use like the real bomberman box art like the cartoon character they had to use just like someone made up that they someone in america just did it so there's always this disassociation between what was going on in the US and Japan they had the one thing they leave out here which is the most important that they didn't have third party support really right it was all
1: it was all ninety
0: percent NEC
1: Hudson Soft and and Red and uh, yeah. We Hudson. we love
0: Hudson Soft, but come on. You can't just have all all their other pro- stuff on a system. In, in Japan it was different, obviously. In Japan you had a lot more people. You had you had Ninja Gaiden come out in Japan. Yeah. You had Street Fighter Two come out for the PC engine in Japan. A
1: fantastic port. And had it come out here, things might have been a little different with that too. You cannot have uh, your console you had a shitload of Namco support for it, and
0: in... well, you had Pac here, but okay. and Galaga '90, yeah. I know your bias. I know your uh, bias against uh, against that stuff about not having Namco on it, but you cannot have your two competitors both have one of the hottest games of their early '90s, if not the hottest one from their early '90s, on your competitors. The Genesis version, which which did come out after the Super Nintendo, but yeah. it came out, yeah. And the Super Nintendo, and not have it on your system when it could technically do it. And I've read reasons why. Well, it costs too much money to get the license for it. I don't care. You, you do what you fucking have to do to get Street Fighter 2 on your console. Yeah, I don't care what you have to do because after that, game's over. And really, that's when the game was over. After, after uh, 91, especially 92, when Street Fighter came out on all these systems, game was the game over, man. For for it. Turbo, the Turbo Duo comes out. Uh, because because no one gave a shit about the Turbo CD it was too much money but once the Turbo doing? comes out and you have fucking Johnny Turbo and that awful marketing stuff <laughs> it's like you can have a kid just come up with his own marketing scheme it would have been better uh, so th- yeah all that stuff would have helped but third party games of course would have helped uh, having it come out nationwide better marketing and fucking Street Fighter 2 which probably was a better version than the Sega Genesis one and you can make an argument that it was almost as good as the Super Nintendo one Uh but it had blood in it, sound effects and music were spot on couldn't do like the four four different elephants though instead of two in the foreground This missing background, background. one elephant missing one yeah, the, yeah, I couldn't do that stuff, but otherwise it played exactly the same with the six button controller alright is that it for the City of Podcast? that's the end of this we, one, we finally did the City of Podcast uh, so, check us out.
1: Uh, Ian, is there a Patreon for the podcast? There is a Patreon for the podcast at patreon.com
0: slash pixelsicle, P X L S I C L E. Ian allegedly writes for it every now and then. And I go in it. spurts. Spurts? Well, well, when was your last spurt, Ian? About three weeks ago, I knocked oh. out three, I think. Oh, okay. Three, three, three or four week?
1: weeks. Yeah, it was, it was a bunch. I got to do that again.
0: All right, maybe I, I, can I do a can I uh, Nate dog one of them? Can I guest spot? A, you might be uh, able to Nate, dog, Nate, on one Nate, Nate <laughs> dog one of them. Actually, Nate dog means me adding a few lines here and there that repeat, you know, every so often. Um, then I'm going to be at Retro Palooza. By the time you hear this, too late to go see me. But <laughs> October 1st and 2nd, Arlington, Texas. Retro World, the 15th and 16th in Connecticut. And Ian and I will be at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, October 21st through 23rd. That's in Portland, Oregon. Um, new Pat the Animus Punk video just came out, which was X-Men Games. A new Let's Play show? Woo! Whee! Being so excited about that Let's Play show. You're I'm better. just nervous. You're in a lot better shape than you were a week ago when we recorded them. Yeah. You're feeling better. You're just nervous about it? I'm nervous. Well, people are gonna hate it no matter what. Um any, anything else? We uh, No. We, uh, we got if you want to sponsor, if you wanna be a if you want to advertise with us, it's see you cu- uh, podcast at the punkpit.com, shoot me an email. Uh, we get a lot of lot of views, a lot of listens, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks, and a certain NES Marathon might be coming back, but stay tuned for October, in October for announcements. So, for Ian Ferguson, I am Pat Contry, this is Duke Togo, plush in my hand. We'll see you later.